Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's an episode of 130-something. It is. Mm-hmm. It'll say in the show notes, and when you look... Just look down. You'll see. You'll because know. we don't know because quarantine 2020 has fucked us up. <laughs> well, I, I don't even know what fucking day it is. What day is it? Blur's day. Blur's day. day. <laughs> the the four, 14th. 14th. Yes. And that, in that studio day. today is David. Welcome, David. <laughs> it's my brother, <laughs> David. <laughs> He's back for more. Isom. He came back for more. More. Um, so because my brother hyper focuses on the weirdest <laughs> shit. <laughs> We used it to our advantage. <laughs> yes, we did. And he put together the most incredible episode. So David has been watching from the get-go the goddamn shit show that is Lori Vallow Daybell. He told me about it at the in the parking lot of Smith's <laughs> when it first started. <laughs> we were so, both there to get medicated. Yeah. Neither one has had our med- medicine yet. Let me tell you about the story. <laughs> yeah. Let me oh, tell you right? about the story about a man named Jim. We both went to pick up our focus medicine. I forgot my ID. It might have been the parking lot. So that's how that went. And Lori Daybell. Yes. So he is going to lead us down the rabbit hole that there's still not, there's still no end in sight. We still don't have answers, but take it away, Dave. Okay. So this story, <clears throat> it starts, it, it became public on uh, November 26th. That's when uh, Lori and Kay called and had a welfare check done on yeah, them. Lori and Kay? Or uh, Le- Larry Larry and Kay. Woodcock. So those are the grandparents. They they called okay. and did a well, asked for a welfare check because they couldn't get a hold of them on the phone. They hadn't seen them. Um, and, so, and there was a lot of things that kind of led up to them that uh, led up to this uh, date that made them think that something was going on. November 26th November, of 2019? 2019. Okay. So that's, that, that's not too long ago, but this story goes way back. Um, there's a lot of things that happened prior to that that kind of um, has put... That's why Lori's in, in jail. Um, I think people need to take notes at this point. Yeah, Let's this write is, down names for references. Make flashcards. <laughs> this is going to jumble around. We need one of those little, you know... And this person goes here. like <laughs> the, That was the yeah. thing, though. Like He actually legitimately put together a fucking flowchart. So when we go to his house, we're going to see a big thing on the wall, and it's going to have the red it's just pins. Got pins. Yeah, and with this is his yarn. Here. Yeah, it's like we just locked, walked into Law and Order, <laughs> SVU. So I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through the characters, like the main players. The characters. Um, there's so many more than what I have on here, but these are the main ones. So that as I'm going through the timeline, um, you'll kind of be able to know what I'm talking about. So obviously, there's uh, Tylee and JJ. Tylee Ryan. Um, she's the biological daughter of Lori Vallow. And the bio, uh, her dad is Joseph Ryan. So the, Joseph Ryan is Lori's third husband. I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, she's 17, 17 years old. And uh, she was last seen on September 8th of 2019. Oh, shit. So, <clears throat> JJ. Um, JJ's the adopted son of Charles uh, and Lori. So they both adopted him a, a few years ago. He lived so, with uh, Larry and Kay. Sorry, he's not biological to either one. They just like through adoption agency adopted? Uh, no, so it's it's uh, Charles' sister's drug baby. Okay, I got you. And she's got a Facebook page too, but it's batshit crazy. So we don't, 
We, we don't, don't go there. That is beyond that. the light. Yeah, all <laughs> of a sudden she there. came out with a GoFundMe page, and um, she hasn't been she hasn't been heard from. Like no one's she hasn't said shit until they all of a sudden now it's uh, public and uh, uh, Dateline did an episode. You know, all these all these television shows have done episodes. Now all of a sudden she's my baby. You know, of course. Um, so she started GoFundMe. And before page. that, it was my neck, my back, smoke a little crack. Yeah, yeah. And I think she's still smoking a little crack. She like if you listen to her on her page, it's insane. Um, Damn. So then there's Lori Vallow, uh, Lori Daybell now. <clears throat> so she's the biological mother of Colby Ryan, and I'll go into him a little bit later. And Tylee Ryan, adopted mother of JJ Vallow, and she's obviously a person of interest in the disappearance of both of them. Obviously. Obviously. Um, so she is. Her current location is Rexburg Jail. On a million dollar bond. She still hasn't been bonded out. They dropped her bail from five million to a million. And that was, we were watching that when we were out in this, this guy. He's like, we, we, uh, can we check in early? Can we, cause I need, I need Wi-Fi. I'm about to do this press conference. No, <laughs> do you have Wi-Fi? It was her What's Wi-Fi? Wait, which Wi-Fi? <laughs> we, I need, he's <laughs> like, give me the Wi-Fi. He's like shaking. I need Wi-Fi. So no, it wasn't, it was her arraignment. That's when she, that was like the actual court case of her trying to get her bail reduced. I remember That's that what I was trying to one. watch. Yeah. Because I watched it with you. It wasn't just a press I remember that when shit. you got, yeah. We were about so, to check into the hotel. They dropped her bail from five million to a million. And still, that was at the beginning of March. Still nobody will bond her out. It, yeah. And it, it goes Why? over to the timeline. Yeah. But there's, yeah. No, <laughs> no, none of the locals, all the locals are, uh, I mean, this is a big story by now. And Rexburg yeah. is just a small little Momo town in Idaho. So it's kind of uh, so none of the locals want to touch it. All the uh, bail bondsmen don't want anything to do with it. There was one bail bonds company that kind of came out and said they would uh, they would do it with other stipulations. Um, kind of you know that she's on house arrest. She wears the ankle monitor yeah. and, and she's not allowed to leave the house. Um, I can't remember what else. And I think I have it in here. But there's a there so and they weren't willing to do that because obviously no. she wants to bail out and flee. In, um, my, in my opinion. Obviously. So the next player is Chad. Um, Chub and chin Chad. Yeah. Chinny chinny Chad. They also call him Potato. No shit. Yeah. yeah. I love yeah, the, it. Oh, it's, so there's a Daybell memes page if you guys want to go on that. Oh, God. And don't tell me that shit. Yeah, I'm a hero there. <laughs> Meme king. Chad's actually an influencer with uh, the Doomsday Prepper groups, uh, Preparing a People. He's written a lot of books. He's an author. He's not in jail, is he? Not yet. Not uh, well, yet. because there's a good place for food storage. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys know where he's holed up, he's got food. He's uh, there's rumors, uh, speculation, obviously, that he's in uh, he's in Springville, Springville, Utah, at his mom's house. Oh, I bet his mom has them too. You can hit her up. <laughs> yeah, they're Mormons, so yeah, they've got two years worth. Yes. His current lo- location is unknown. Um, he was in Rexburg, but they no one's seen him go to the jail to to visit. Lori visitation is on Sundays there, and no one's seen him go to visit her. There is speculation that he's in Utah, but he's kind of kind of MIA right now. I'm sure the FBI and uh, cops know. Exactly oh yeah. So he's married to Lori Lori Vallow, Lori Daybell. There's just some side notes on here that that you might want to keep in your mind throughout this story. Chad, was write a, that down. Remember those notes we yep, were talking those, about? The, the footnotes, right there. Um, so, so Chad was a, a cemetery sexton or a grave digger, and he wrote a book called One Foot in the Grave about his experiences, interactions, uh, with departed spirits. 
<laughs> Charles Vallo. So Charles, uh, he is Lori's fourth husband. So she's been married five times. He was the fourth. Um, he is the father and to biological son, uh, to a biological son, two adopted sons, one of which is JJ. Their their marriage date of marriage was two twenty four oh six. He died on seven eleven. Seven eleven. He could have got a free Slurpee that day. <laughs> 7-11-2019. Well, he could have had a Slurpee before he died. Maybe he grabbed one on the way. We, we'll never know. He no. can't tell us. He was shot and killed by Lori Vallow's brother, Alex Cox. Hmm. Lori Vallow, Tylee Ryan, and J.J. Vallow were home at the time of his shooting when he died. <clears throat> so Tam, Tammy Daybell. Tammy Daybell is, uh, she was the wife of Chad Daybell, who... Died in her sleep of suspicious causes. Now, when she died, they said it was just natural causes. And they 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 had her funeral. Everything was done in three days. No autopsy done on her. Nothing. They just said, oh. Uh, she did die. Yeah. She, she's died. She's gone. Let's, let's get this over She's gone. Uh, so she's a big a big player in this whole uh, conviction. When, when, they, when they indict Lori and Chad on this, she's going to be a big reason for it. Yeah. Uh, her date of death was uh, 10 19 19. Cause of death is unknown, and we're still awaiting the autopsy. However, they started her autopsy at the end of December oh. of 2019. They said that it takes about a month to get the autopsy results back. And then when that happened, and the, the uh, reporters and everything were kind of bugging them, like, Where, where's the autopsy results? Where's the autopsy? They said they're waiting on a toxicology report, which could take up to six to eight weeks. Anyways, regardless, that's now. Yeah, come on, time, guys, time, we're we're, we're waiting. It's speculated that they already have the results. They're just kind of building a case. They don't want to fuck this up, you know. They don't want to have a double jeopardy and and lose everything. So they're they're building a bigger case. So, anyways, date of marriage was three nine nineteen ninety. That's when she married Chad in Utah. Notable: Tammy was approached by a masked man carrying what she she thought was a paintball gun ten days before her death. So she said she was shot at. Um, but the gun jammed. That's what she said. And she, there's a Facebook post about it. She posted it on Facebook 10 days before she died now. And I'm, I, I'm sure it goes over at this in the timeline, but, um, that she said the shooter ran into the backyard and then, uh, they looked at Chad's bank account and he purchased some things at sportsman's warehouse, a mask and something else. But we'll get into that. On his bank account. Yeah. Yeah. Just so don't these, willy these guys Jesus were not tech. Christ. No, no there's, there's so much more tech shit that just leads them to, to premeditation. It's like, insane. I feel like ugh, this yeah. is two in a row that we've done that where you just see the fucking trail. You're like, Stupid. Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. Does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking idiots. God. So Alex Cox, this motherfucker, a.k.a. Alex Pastines. And <laughs> I'll get into that. I'm telling you, you can't make this shit up. I, that's the sad part. Like, so he is Lori Vallow's brother and there's rumors about some little incest shit going on with them. Yeah. They had like brother, sister, secret tickle time. Uh, yeah. Are they full, full brother and sister. Um, and, and the people are saying that he was in love with her. She wasn't necessarily in love with him, but he, she used him to, as the hitman. He, well, obviously, if he got, killed he, her his, husband... Uh, his paper trail goes way back to killing everybody. What? It's so shocking. Because so, <laughs> she clearly doesn't give a shit. She's oh, like... Oh, no. She, as long as there's a paycheck attached to it, then she's fucking... She's golden. She's 
She's there. Damn. Um, so her, his date of death was December 12th, 2019. Um, his cause of death is also unknown, uh, but suspicious. He married Zulina Pastines on November 29th, 2019. And he took her last name, which is fucking weird. Okay. It, not really. Like it's, when did they get married? November 29th, 2019. See, but that's kind of He like, died two weeks after that. But so that's why it's suspicious because oh. they think that he got married. They, they don't they don't really know why they got married, but they're thinking it was because of a religious belief um, that they're going to be sealed in the in their own celestial kingdom later on. But yeah, yeah, if they're LDS, why didn't that seems odd that he would take her last name? Yeah, okay, now I see yeah. where you're going with that. Yeah, because it's not uncommon for people to have hyphenated or to take your wife's last name, like depending on or your whatever. If I ever get married again, that some bitch is taking my last name. <laughs> Next right. player, Melanie Paulowski, aka Melanie Boudreaux. Boudreaux. So this is a uh, this is Lori Vallow's niece. Followed her into the cult that Lori joined, which is basically called Avow, another voice of warning. Yeah. Or P- Pap, preparing a people. So she married Ian Paulowski. Their date of marriage was November thirtieth. 2019. She was married to Brandon Boudreaux. Um, so a notable is Melanie married Ian Pawlowski four and a half months after Ian was divorced and less than two weeks after she was, she and Brandon were, were divorced. So there's just, everybody's just getting divorced and remarried like right away. Damn. Well, you have to, because if you, you believe get... in the gospel and the principle, you can't bang if you ain't married. Right. They believe that the world is going to end in July. So they're like on a mad dash oh, to get yeah. all their shit done. Um, tie up any loose ends, which I guess means marrying other people that well, yeah. you want to be. I keep telling everybody that this is the Lori Vallow prediction. Yeah. The end of the COVID. Oh, that, that's the thing that burns my ass is she's in jail right now. Like motherfuckers, I told you. She's like, a, the like, Corona's going around. Yeah. She is like, I called it. Yep. I, but just, I am a prophet. I called I told it. Them. <laughs> everybody get married Sorry. in here right now. Whore. Whore. <laughs> Whore. Fucking keyboard warrior and mad face, mad face. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Um, so then that, that brings us to Brandon Boudreaux, um, former husband of Melanie and father of four children who was shot at, and we'll get into detail on that, but basically he was in his Tesla. Somebody shot at him from a Jeep, a a green Jeep Wrangler, which is what Tylee drove that was registered in Charles Vallow's name. Okay. The bullet missed his head by about a foot, but broke the window in his Tesla, um, about right after that, he rounded up all the kids and kind of took off and went into hiding because he was fearing for his life. He was worried that his kids were going to come missing like uh, like Lori's did. Brandon is shot at on October 2nd, 2019. So, Zulima Pastines, an LDS member of a self-professed emotional code practitioner. She is listed in cuddling services in one of her profiles. So what? she's one of those bitches that she's gets paid money to cuddle, cuddle. God damn she's it. A fucking cuddler. I'm going to, I'm going to start a fans only page for pictures of my feet. Yeah. See, I thought about cuddling, but I wouldn't be able to do it. Cause then you get that little bit of a, you get half mast and it goes right in between their butt cheeks. and then it's sexual <laughs> harassment. Dude, <laughs> Dude, that's, that's Spencer's plan of attack. Yeah. Literally every oh, time he every wants to get laid. <laughs> oh, I know. Let's spoon. Let Next me stick it... this in here and here, see let if me she'll take you. the bait. <laughs> when the cuddles happen, you're like, I, you, you could have just asked. 
You don't. You didn't need to go through that because now you have to move so that we can Dude, get naked. I literally just... asked him, like, "Are you being sweet or are you trying to get laid?" A little bit of both. Jesus. <laughs> so let's do this for about thirty seconds, and then we can start. God. So <clears throat> she uh, she married Alex Cox. They got married on November 29th. So all these marriages happened in November. Um, notable about Zulima, she married Alex Cox two weeks before his death. Cox took Zulima, Zulima's last name and her 25-year-old son, Joseph Lopez, found Cox unresponsive in the bathroom, didn't know his last name, and referred to Cox as his mom's boyfriend. So he didn't even know they got married. If your last name was Cox, wouldn't you take... <laughs> I would. I'm just saying. Wouldn't you and take And I changed somebody? my middle name to like Huge. <laughs> Hugh. Dave Huge Cox. <laughs> okay. Colby Ryan... So, Kobe Ryan is Lori Vallow's adult biological son, Tylee and JJ's half-brother. He's married to Kelsey Ryan, and we don't need to know anything about Kelsey. Or uh, do we? Or do we? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, we don't need to know about you. <laughs> so, a notable about Kobe Ryan is Colby uh, never knew where his mom and siblings moved to after they left Chandler, Arizona. Oh, no shit. So, yeah. So, they ended up, in the middle of all this, they, end, they just... Packed up everything and moved to Rexburg. Mm-hmm. He had no idea that they were living in Rexburg at the time. How old is he? Uh, he's like 30. Wow. So they go from 30 to 7. Yeah. But they're biological. For real. <laughs> well, they don't stop. Because I'm, well, my brother's 42 and my baby sister is like 20 something. 22? Yeah, they did. They did a couple decades Sammy? to popping them out. Yeah. 22, I think. Is she? Uh, How old am I? I don't fucking know. I don't either. 39. Yeah, she's 21. 21. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and those are all, like, we all have the same dad. <laughs> <laughs> Is his last name Cox? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish I could be Nikki Cox. Cox. Rod Cox. <laughs> Larry and Kay Woodcock. So these are uh, JJ's biological grandparents. Okay. Don't ask me to explain this. You're going to make me fuck it up. No, I'm not. I don't want that. But there's so, a Cox. And yeah. then there's Woodcox. So Co- yeah. So Cox. I'm stuck on the Cox here. This, yeah, this one's uh. So Co- Alex Cox is a c- with an X. <laughs> Larry and Kay is a Woodcock with a C. Does that help? <laughs> yes. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, JJ, they, so they are JJ's biological grandparents. Kay is Charles Vallow's sister. Okay. Kay Woodcox. Cock. 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 Yeah. Just one. One cock. One cock. Just one cock. Alex has multiple cocks. (laughs) So notable, Larry and Kay have offered a $20,000 reward for information leading to the discovery of JJ and Tylee. Yeah, I saw that online. Oh, way to fucking chime in. You got that much, huh? I did. Like, I've, story, I've even the read... years long, and you know how they... they oh, I did know that. Over 20 grand. I've read, like, multiple articles on it, but I still feel like I know nothing about it. So, so a notable about uh, Larry and Kay Woodcock is, because Charles Vallow is J.J. Vallow's adopted father, Kay Woodcock is technically both J.J.'s aunt and grandmother, but she identifies as J.J.'s grandmother. Got that? Got it. The, the kicker in the story is that um, we're going to hear a lot of Larry and Kay Woodcock's story, 
Um, they're very vocal. They're, they talk to the news outlets. We're going to hear a lot of uh, stuff from Brandon Boudreaux, you know, on this yeah. side of the, uh, we don't get to hear a lot of uh, Lori's story, you know? So, cause she, they've kept quiet. Lori and Chad have kept quiet. Basically all they say is no comment. Um, I made a meme back. Go check it out. Daybill memes. <laughs> um, they have, you know, they, they have said the kids are safe. That's, that's all they'll say. The kids are safe. However, when we get into this, you're going to learn that they think the kids were zombies and zombies need to be killed. So they, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's crazy. So they, they're, they're, they're them saying the kids are safe could mean they're on another planet. Safe. Could be buried safe they're, because they're they were zombies. Safe. Yeah. yeah. So, but when they say they're safe, their safe might not necessarily mean our safe. Right. You want to be like, define safe. Yeah. <laughs> safe in what world? So now uh, we got Joseph Ryan. So Joseph Ryan um, was Va- Lori Vallow's third husband and the biological father of Tylee Ryan and adopted father of Colby Ryan. Okay. He died in 2018, April, April 3rd of 2018. Notable. So Alex Cox went to jail back in, uh, shit, long time ago. I'll get, I have the dates in here, but he went to jail for assaulting uh, Joseph Ryan with a stun gun and allegedly threatened to kill Joseph Ryan. Um, Lori Vallow was the only next of kin in the Emmy's office at the time of Ryan's death. <clears throat> she never returned any of their calls and or notified Annie Cushing. So I, I forgot to I forgot that part. So this timeline was written by Annie Cushing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a there's a source like a website. It's called Annie You can go and read this on your own. This timeline. Um, I started to write it and I just, I couldn't do it better than she did, but she did state that she doesn't care if it, if it, the source is cited or not. Um, she but, just wants the kids yeah. safe. It, it also, um, I'll also send you Annie's, um, email. So if there isn't any, any listeners that have any, um, any hints, clues as to where, uh, you know, Ty, uh, Tylee was last seen by the way, uh, at Yellowstone. Wasn't National she Park. with her mom? She was with Alex and Lori. And it's on surveillance, right? They like have, her last. Well, they found a picture in her iCloud, in Lori's iCloud. There was a picture of Lori, Alex, Tylee, and JJ. I think at the at the entrance of Yellowstone. So that's a big that's a big clue. They think that uh, they that Tylee may have been pushed into a geyser oh or a, a hot spot. So then they and this all happened in the dead of winter. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of snow covering up any kind of clues, any kind of hints. So they're scouring Yellowstone right now, um, trying to find anything, but that was her last, that was the last time she, she had been seen was at Yellowstone at the, at the entrance. So, um, basically, so going back to this, it said, uh, she never returned any of their calls or notified me, Annie Cushing of my brother's passing, even though we had, we had been friends since 2002 and she had my contact info. There was also no funeral for him. Another family member was contacted by a funeral home more than a month after he had died. Holy, sh- holy shit. Holy shit. And so, and, and she did the same thing for Charles, just so you know. When Charles was, uh, died, she threw a pool party the next day with the kids there, Tylee and JJ. Their father just got murdered and she threw a pool party. Pool party. She notified Charles. B-Y-O-B. Other- <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be mad if you did that for me. Yeah, but that's part of our plan. Yeah. I- they weren't celebrating his life though. She was just, she had a party and she wasn't going to let a little murder fuck it up. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen, so I'm not that mad. I'm not upset. I'm trying to keep the kids' minds off of it. It's yeah. time to party. So, uh, yeah, so basically she did the same thing with Charles. 
um, she notified her her uh, all his kids via text like two days later, and basically just said, "Hey, got some bad news. Dad's dead." And they were they were all worried that you know when when did this happen? How did it happen? And she wouldn't respond back. Finally, she just said, "I'll let you know. Um, I'll let you know as I find out." Basically, and that's how that's how they they found out their dad was was dead. Good God. So now the last player in the in the story is Melanie Gibb. She's a friend of Lori Vallow Day, Daybell and Chad Daybell. And the one Lori said Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow were with. So when we go through the story, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of untruths or lies that Lori, Lori tells. Untruths? One, one of them is that the kids are with Melanie Gibb. Melanie Gibb was was part of the preparing of people. Mm. Um, so she was a she was a podcaster for them. Um so she, but Lori tells the police that she's with, the, the kids are with Melanie at some point in time. And Melanie denies that. Kids are not with me. Ooh. So, Notables. She and Lori introduced their new podcast, Time to Warrior Up, 12-5-2018. Early on, somewhere said Chad was a guest in this kickoff episode. But, but uh, basically can't be confirmed through the recordings. Um, the recording's been taken down, so a lot of their of a lot of their stuff that they were doing have, has been pulled off because they don't want to be associated with the well, with this shit. case. In February 2019, Chad wrote the foreword of her book, "Fill the Fire." She is unresponsive for Expert Police Department's attempts to get a hold of her. November 26th, the day they questioned Lori and Chad about the whereabouts of JJ Vallow, which forced a Rexburg Police Department to reach out to the Gilbert Police Department. Um, she won't speak with them until the next day, giving Chad and Lori significant lead time to flee the state. She waits 10 days to inform law enforcement in Rexburg that both Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell had contacted her separately on November 26th and asked her to lie to detectives and tell them that JJ was with her. A source close to Melanie Gibbs says that she has retained an attorney and is cooperating fully with authorities. All right, so going into the story, now we know all the players. So there's, we're going to go back to 2007. So... August 5th, 2007, um, Alex Cox is arrested in Austin, Texas for aggravated assault. Second degree uh, assault against Lori Vallow's third husband, Joseph Ryan. Alex Cox used a stun gun against Ryan and threatened to kill him. Ryan had just finished supervised visit with his four-year-old daughter, Tylee Ryan. Ryan injured his back and sprained his wrist in the fall. Cox spent 90 days in jail. August to October of 2008, Alex Cox sends a friend a letter asking her to send him Joseph Ryan's picture, address, and license plate number in jail. What? Stating that once, stating once that it would be very popular in here and some of the guys would like to hang out with him. Basically insinuating that uh, he's going to send some of his jail friends after him. And they have the letter. That, the letter That's a not-so-thinly-veiled threat. Yeah, that was no in 2008. No kidding. I bet they didn't see it coming. <laughs> How did they know? Let's take off the mask and see who this really is. <laughs> I would have gotten oh, away man, with it. <laughs> if it wasn't for those meddling kids. would have got away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling kids. All right. Reading my mail. So now we're going to jump ahead 10 years. Um, that was just kind of imperative information to know about Alex's past. So April 3rd of 2018, Lori, Lori Ballow's third husband, Joseph Ryan, is found dead in his apartment in Gilbert, Arizona. Autopsy lists his uh, cause of death as a heart attack. Mind you, these people are not that old. We're talking 40s, early 50s. Yeah, and so what happened to her first two husbands? They just divorced, right? Yeah, well, yeah it was just oh, okay. divorced. They didn't die. I, okay. She's not, 
She's not a black that widow. Bad. <laughs> she's only killed three out of five. Yeah. Or, well, two. Two. Chad will be dead soon enough. Once he tails. <laughs> so I, I kind of joke around on the on the page like. Uh, kind of like the Clinton suicide, everybody. Uh, this chick, natural causes, everybody. Everybody dies from natural causes. <laughs> natural She's causes. a real you black around, widow. You're going to get natural caused. <laughs> I'm a natural cause your ass if you don't shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. So, May, May of 2018, Lori Vallow expressed fear about the end of times during Annie Cushing's visit to their home, saying that sometimes she thinks it would be better to put her kids in a car and go over the side of a cliff. Whoa. Mother of the year right there. <clears throat> August or October of 2018, Chad Chad Daybell starts emailing Lori Vallow. So this is a year before Charles Vallow was shot and killed, her husband. 11-16-2018 mm-hmm. to 11-17-2018, Chad Daybell speaks at a preparing, a pre- preparing a People event in Mesa, Arizona and stays with Charles and Lori. Bow, chicka, bow, bow. Mm-hmm. How, how? A trace Trouble? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All right. Decem- December 5th, 2018, Melanie Gibb and Lori Vallow introduced their new podcast, Time to Warrior Up. This was reportedly the first podcast Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow do together. Jan- uh, January 2019, JJ Vallow's autism medication, Risperidone, is filled for the last time. What is it for? For his autism. Okay. It's ba- and it is a medication that he needs. So JJ Vallow, I'll read it again. So you fucking get it. For those in the back, I'm going to say it <laughs> again so you can fucking listen. January 2019, JJ Vallow's autism medication, Risper... Ris- what did I say? Risperidone. Yeah, Risperidone is filled for the last time according to court documents... Obtained by East Idaho News in February of 2020. The affidavit of the probable cause also states that the bottle still had 17 pills in it and its prescription had not been filled in Idaho. So during the, so during the search of Lori's apartment, police found an autism medication prescribed to JJ. It was filled in January of 2019 and still had 17 pills in the bottle, according to documents. Police verified that the prescription had not been filled in Idaho. Kind of a big deal. Also, Garna Mejia from KSL-TV interviewed Vallow's former neighbors in Rexburg, and they reported that J.J. was easily angered, out of control, and playing outside unsupervised. You can hear him in a neighbor's neighbor's ring camera video telling another boy to get the hell out of here. So, does that mean, basically, that he's not taking his... She wasn't giving him his medication. Medicine, yeah. According to neighbors, Lori, Lori Vallow never told them that J.J. was autistic. And when confronted about JJ's behavior and lack of supervision, she she told two different neighbors that JJ was her niece's drug baby. Notable, if accurate, this means Lori Vallow stopped giving her autistic son his required medication up to eight months before he went missing. You'll also see in the second of three entries for January January thirtieth, two thousand nineteen, Lori allegedly also took JJ's medication when she disappeared. It's possible that she kept the bottle that she took. JJ uh, Charles had JJ's script refilled when he got him back and they found this partially used bottle she had been holding on to and never giving JJ since January. Damn. Poor kid. <clears throat> what so, does that do? Like, what does that do? Yeah. Um, it's like a mood stabilizer as far as I know. 
Okay. I think it helps him control his anger. So it can treat schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and irritability caused by autism. Yeah. So it's like a okay. mood stabilizer. So okay. instead of like a person experiencing the peaks and valleys of like mania. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So January 14th of 2020, Melanie Boudreau is interviewed by Rexburg Police Department. So Melanie is Lori's niece that got carried into the cult. Uh, January 28, 2019, Lori Vallow allegedly transfers $10,000 from Charles Vallow's business account into their personal account before moving the money into an unknown account. Lori also transferred $2,000 of Charles Vallow's enterprise points to a personal account, although Charles wouldn't discover the transfer until approximately February 6th of 2019. January 29 of 2019, Lori Vallow allegedly transfers an, an additional $25,000 from the business account to the joint account and then from the joint account to the same unknown account at Compass Bank, leaving the account with less than $1,000. This all when Char- Charles is still alive, running his, running his company. That happened to my account, too. <laughs> <laughs> my that account got hacked, bad. too. Except for it started with money. less than $1,000. I want it now. J.G. Wentworth. 877 cash down. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to see um, throughout this story that a lot, of, uh, a lot of Lori's motives seem to be money. Mm. Insurance policies, rewards. All that oh, kind of you stuff. gotta you gotta be ready for the end. Yeah, she wants to money. she wants to make sure she goes loaded to the celestial well, yeah. kingdom. <laughs> She's gotta wipe her tears away with the money. <laughs> cry my way to heaven. <laughs> she had to pay at the pearly gates. <laughs> let me in. Let me in, bitches. <laughs> uh, you know what I've done for you down there. You know let how me... many I how many people I naturally caused to get this money. <laughs> I have sent you so many people. (laughs) So uh, January 29th, 2019, according to a petition for an order of protection filed by Charles Vallow against Lori Vallow, Lori made several disturbing statements and threats to him. These include, she was a god. Oh, that's my favorite one, though. Yeah. She thinks she's untouchable. She thinks she's, so does Chad. Uh, she was assigned to carry out the work of the 144,000 at Christ's second coming in July 2020. Perfect. She would have to murder him if he got in her way and try to stop him. Murder she, Jesus? Murder Just Jesus. <laughs> uh, she also mentioned that she had an angel that would help him help her dispose of the body. I think that angel is Alex Cox's. Cox's. Multiple Cox. All the Cox's. January 30th, 2019, according to a petition for an order of protection filed by Charles Vallow against Lori Vallow, Lori made several disturbing statements and threats on a, on a phone call. She said she didn't trust him. She would need to kill him when he got home. She would have an angel there to help dispose of the body. She knew his real name was Nick Schneider. Yeah, she already had a fucking name for him and everything. Allegedly, when Charles asked Lori who Nick Schneider was, she replied, Nick is your real name, Lori said. According to the documents, Nick killed Charles and has taken his identity. So in her mind, she wasn't even going to kill her own husband. She was no, going to kill she's... a fucking spirit that had taken Charles' body named Nick, Nick Schneider. I feel like I'm watching Supernatural, that shapeshifter guy. Right? Mm-hmm. This is, we're, we're just scratching the surface on this crazy fucking... <laughs> Like how he uses his hand. Scritch, 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 scritch. Scritch. We're just getting that scratch ticket shit. Um, she also said that when she killed him, he'd have to go painfully. 
listen, Schneider, you're going to have to go and it's going to have to hurt. <laughs> Take over my husband's identity, motherfucker. <laughs> scratch, scratch, scratch. <laughs> scratch, fucking scratch. I'll scratch at your surface. <laughs> Is that painful? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna scratch you till you die. <laughs> she also threatened to destroy him financially, according to documents filed by Charles. No, Lori Vallow's friend, April Raymond, who, who Vallow stayed with during part of the 58 days she went missing. We haven't gotten into that yet. Lori goes missing in the beginning of 2019. Nobody knows where she goes. I do. Leaves all the kids behind. She went what to- kids? I'm just kidding. The ones in question. I was kidding. The reason for this whole story. I know I was. It was a joke because what kids? They've been gone. What kids? They're safe. They're safe. Don't worry. They're safe. She also claimed in an interview on Dateline, um, on Dateline's Where Are the Children, that Lori said Charles was dead and had a demon living inside of him. According to Raymond, she later changed her story and said that he was alive, but that any day she, Valo, was going to get a call that he was dead. So she predicted his death. What? That's what happens when you hire people to kill. So uh, just an, another notable a question. Um, theories about who Nick Schneider are. Uh, there's there's a theory that it could be from an, an LDS genealogy resource or that it's just a shot in the dark, just a name she made up. So it's kind of like uh, anybody with information on, on who Nick Schneider is, if they've heard of it. January 30th, 2019, Lori Vallow allegedly cancels Char- Charles Vallow's flight home, which he found out when he arrived at the airport in Houston, Texas. Charles was forced to buy a $600 last minute ticket to Phoenix. After his plane landed, Charles walked out to the airport parking lot where he had left his truck. Yet he couldn't find it anywhere. Lori had used her, her spare key to remove his truck. He came home to a house that had been emptied. Charles also claimed that it took Lori three days to disclose where she'd left the truck. Charles was forced to rent a vehicle during that time. Wow. <laughs> what a kick in the dick. Like, like I just want to go home and go to bed. There's yeah. no fucking there's truck. No truck. There's, no, there's bed. no home. There's no bed. <laughs> there's no God bed to go home damn. to. He's out bringing home the bacon. She's fucking throwing it away. <laughs> Let's first take a look at some of the other acts of cruelty Charles reportedly came home to. She wiped out his business account, withdrawing $35,000. That's been reported on, quite a, reported on quite a bit. But the one thing that hasn't been reported on at all was the smaller withdrawals made after the $25,000 the day before. According to the ledger, after $35,000 in withdrawals, the account had $911.53 remaining. But there were two more withdrawals made on the 30th, one for 500 and then another one for 250 leaving the account with 161.53. And yeah, then, it looks a lot like my account. Yeah, now, yeah, we're, get, now we're getting towards the hacking part. That's when I That's have money. When, when my, when, after my account was hacked, I had $100 left. Yes. Yeah, that. And so they only has, took 50. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, so the account was left with 161.53. Then... $100 was put towards a credit card payment, leaving the account with $61.53. God damn. Nobody knows who, who withdrew the money. Obviously, we, we kind of have an idea, but it was, never, it was never proven who took the money out. So how did it come out? Like they went to the bank and got it, or it was... Yeah. So 
Anyways, they, they can't prove it was Lori, but obviously if, if it was Lori, that kind of shows her, her level of cruelty. Um, she said his truck took, she hid his truck and it took him three days to find it. She hid his clothes and computer in what appears to be an attempt to cripple him in his business, even his underwear. <laughs> he had no underwear. Oh. She did, she did all of this right before payroll was due for his company. Oh, goodness. Leaving him vulnerable to lawsuits. She victimized every employee in Charles' company with his with this theft. She took her disabled son's medicine, his iPad, and his service dog's collar. She changed the locks to the house, and then she went MIA, 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 and didn't tell Charles where she was. Um, although I think later we find out she was in Hawaii. What? <laughs> January 30, 2019, Lori Vallow disappears to an unknown lo- location, according to then-husband Charles Vallow. She was gone for 58 days. At least part of that time, she was spent in Hawaii Hawaii with her daughter, Tylee Ryan, as well as her brother, Alex Cox, who also lived in Gilbert, Arizona. January 31st, 2019, Lori Vallow is compelled to report to the Gilbert Police Department in regard to a harassment call for service submitted by Charles Vallow. Police are also informed about a petition for an involuntary hold at Community Bridges. Police say Lori would be allowed to go to the facility willingly to talk to staff if she did not, she would be taken involuntarily. Complicating matters, Charles had taken Lori's purse out of her car when she went into JJ's school and refused to return it. Only after police informed him that he needed to bring the purse to the and the petition to the station or face theft charges did he say that he found it in the parking lot. The document states Charles had many excuses as to why he did not give it back to her. Right. It's basically a, a rant from Annie Cushing about the uh, Chandler Police Department. Oh, I'm in. I think we need to hear it. Okay. <clears throat> so this is a this is Annie Cushing Cushing's rant against the Chandler Police Department. Um, so this is kind of in her words. Caveat: I have no training in law enforcement. The observations I made below are that of a concerned family member. If you're in law enforcement, please try not to get hung up on the minutia and hear me out. It's raw. I am a worried family member, not CPD's judge and jury. I still try to be fair, but I'm about to be as I'm about as biased as this person can get. All that aside, I do believe there's a merit in this possible explanation of the cursory investigation into the shooting death of Charles Vallow that will follow less than six months from this date. I've tried to remain dispassionate and fair in my reporting, despite my obvious emotional attachments to the story. I often ha- have oftentimes had to scrub raw emotion out of sentences and titrate allegedly at, in ad infinitum. Huh. Read that. <laughs> I've oftentimes had to scrub raw emotion out of sentences and titrate allegedly in ad infinitum. Okay, well, a smarter person, not me, might know what that means. But I'm going to depart from pop- proper journalistic protocol a bit here because I personally believe this encounter with Chandler Police Department may hold the key into why their investigation into the shooting of Charles Vallow less in July overlooked what I believe were compelling signs of spousal abuse. All through the report, the officer seems to document bias against Charles and sympathy towards Lori. Below are just a few quotes from the report. Emphasis added. It should be noted that Lori provided a parking lot of background information regarding her and Charles' relationship. Lori indicated she had information that Charles had cheated on her while on business trips and she had left their home with their kids prior to his arrival last night. The officer seems to almost lead with this, which is odd to me, given the fact that Charles obtained a petition to have 
Lori held for evaluation because of the ruthless barrage of abusive actions against him. During my contact with Lori, I found her to be in a normal state of mind, but only slightly upset she did not have her property. Lori showed no signs of mental distress as she described what was occurring and appearing to be in a good mood. She was sitting on $35,000 plus and probably saw she had a police officer eating out of the palm of her hand. That kind of thing tends to lift the spirits of sociopaths. To me, it sounds like this officer is even, this officer is even be dismissive of the petition Charles secured through proper legal channels. While speaking to Charles, he expressed concern over some money that Lori had moved from his business account. It wasn't some money. It was $35,000, possibly more. He was left with less than $100 on payday and she did not, she didn't move the money. She stole it. Charles alleges the account she moved it into was in her name alone. In fact, as we spoke, he expressed a desire to leave quickly and handle financial matters at the bank. I pointed out to Charles that perhaps his priority should be to check on the welfare of his child. I reminded Charles that he said Lori was unstable. Did Charles really need a re- need that reminder? It was mm-hmm. payday. This guy's world has been turned upside down and he had endured life. He had to endure life advice from an officer who seemed to treat Lori with kid gloves. During my conversation with Charles, I found his demeanor to be strange for a person in his circumstances. He seemed more concerned with asking questions about the legality of financial withdrawals Lori had made than her alleged incoherence. It sure appears that this officer either spent more time getting Lori's side of the story or just didn't care to hear Charles because we are dealing with an easily resolvable lapse of judgment concerning Lori's purse vis-a-vis stack of cruel and even criminal behaviors against Charles as well as JJ. So Lori was confused as to how someone could make up information to get someone involuntarily committed. You mean allegedly make up information? Spouses need to trust first responders to remain unbiased in these crisis situations like the one Vallow's family was embroiled in. And I just didn't see that evident in the report. Have you ever experienced having your accounts wiped out by somebody? I have. Hmm. That's what caused me to cringe almost almost the entire time I read through this document. I think we all have. Uh, Yeah, yeah. it was me. What? what? It was me. You took the money? <laughs> yes. My account was wiped out by me. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were saying you wiped out your ex-husband's. No. I will never forget the moment I found out. This one act of cru- cruelty was financially and emotionally devastating. I, too, was left with under $100. And, and Thief went back for a second pass to grab that last little bit. This is probably why those similar withdrawals stuck out to me so much. Again, they might not have been lorries, but there was a chance they were. In my case, even though the thief paid it back, it took almost a year. I experienced financial chaos for months and as I tried to recover. Recovering from the feeling of violation took much longer. Why am I sharing this? Because Charles shouldn't have Charles shouldn't have taken Lori's purse, and his explanation that he found the purse in the parking lot was suspect. Laughable even. But it's easy to judge from a mor- morally superior position if you haven't experienced this kind of cruelty and felt this variety of raw helplessness. I have, it's hell, and I was only robbed. I didn't also experience the other, the other both cruel and allegedly criminal acts he did. I also didn't have a staff I had to tell they wouldn't be paid. Many people live paycheck to paycheck. Lori's actions most likely resulted in significant spikes in, exa- in ex- anxiety as families scrambled to figure out how to pay the rent mortgage that month. And Charles reported a lawsuit threat, which I've included in, his, in this timeline. Also, this purse incident happened within 24 hours of the cyclone Charles came home to. So what exactly was the officer referring to when he, she wrote, 
I found his demeanor to be strange for a person in his circumstances. Do you really think a man can't be a victim of domestic violence, even if this woman is white, gorgeous, fit, and charming? I found the statement infuriatingly smug. It is. Uh, a little bit. Like, actually, if you if you go and look at the statistics... A lot, a lot of it, a lot of the unreported domestic violence is against men. Just so you know. Um, yeah. What they consider to be unreported, meaning there's not police. Well, and there's also that s- social stigma against men. You know, they're pussies if they... Oh, well, do you let that little girl beat you yeah. up? Right, and that's that's what more than... Fucking Johnny Depp. Right? Fuck. Dude, she, do you see what she did to his yeah. goddamn finger? When? Is this new? No. Oh. Amber Heard beat the shit out of him. And then, like, she actually claimed that Johnny Depp beat the shit out of her. And yeah. had the... He lost his uh, account with Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. So there's... He actually has, like, recordings of her, like, a, like attacking him and abusing him. She almost cut his fucking finger off, dude. The, and they're not going to call because when they call, it's like, oh, no. We that right her. there. Yeah. Literally, she could have a scratch on, like his finger could be dangling, and she could have a scratch, and he would probably go to jail for domestic violence. Probably, oh, she was just defending herself. No offense to anybody who's been through domestic violence. Obviously, there are women who go through it. No, yeah, that's not what we were saying. It's just the 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 stigma, yeah, the stigma of men getting. They actually have done like social experiments where you have a couple of actors walk through a crowded like shopping area or whatever. And you have a guy get aggressive with a girl and people jump in all over the place. But when a girl's getting aggressive with a guy and smacking the shit out of him, they move out of the way or laugh or like they oh, pull yeah. out their phones to record it because they think it's funny. It's not fucking funny. No. Anyway. I don't know police procedure. I almost hope Charles didn't see this report. If he did, I would imagine he felt like the cards were stacked against him. I also question if being left alone, alone, almost penniless possibly unable to pay for the care of JJ made Charles feel he had no choice but to choose between being able to care for his special needs son and risk harm at Lori's hand. I remember even reading somewhere that she disappeared for 58 days to show him what it was like for caring for JJ. <clears throat> so that was her excuse when they asked her where she had been for 58 days. She wanted, she wanted Charles to see how hard it was to care for JJ by himself. Okay. Two months. I was hope, hoping in putting the facts out there that someone would see what I think, what I think I see here. But it hasn't happened, so I'm going to put myself out there with my personal theory. Obviously, we all have 2020 hindsight. We can all see that there are clearly chilling reasons Lori can remain calm and cheerful while others stagger at her cruel indifference. Hint, Wikipedia's definition of socio- psychopathy. Hmm. Is, psychopathy is traditionally a personality disorder characterized by persistent antisocial behavior, impaired empathy and remorse, and bold, disinhibited, and ego- egotistical traits. So now I can't help but wonder what seems to be a bias against Charles in this cursory investigation and rusted judgment carried over to the investigation into his death in July. I'm not out for blood here. I can't imagine how difficult law enforcement's job must be navigating the choppy waters of a family in crisis. And I truly appreciate the sacrifices the men and women in law enforcement make to help keep us all safe. But in this case, these officers had a responsibility to investigate the allegations of spousal abuse against Charles. I personally believe they failed in that responsibility. Alex and Lori had been released the day of freeing them up to invite family and friends over to enjoy a sick pool party. They basically flaunted getting away with murder with no consequences. Hmm. Maybe, maybe if law enforcement 
had taken Charles' allegations more seriously, maybe if they had recognized he was a victim of domestic violence, everyone could have gotten the help they needed, including Lori, and a lot of heartache could have been spared. Okay, I'll go back to this reporting. So now we're back to the facts. That was kind of just Annie Cushing's brief opinion on the on the matter. So we're gonna go back to the timeline now on uh, on events that happened. So February fourth, two thousand nineteen, Charles Vallow files petition for an order of protection against Lori, citing in, in incidences listed in the entries for one twenty nine and one thirty. No, Lori was never served with the document because process servers were unsuccessful in locating her, as detailed in the entries below. February 5th, 2019, J.G. Vallow is absent from school at Life Academy in Gilbert, Arizona. February 5th, 2019, Charles Vallow is threatened with legal action because of not being able to meet payroll due to the $35,000 Lori Vallow withdrew from his business account. According to the divorce petition, Charles owes $22,500 in commissions to a few contracted representatives. Holy shit. Yeah, so now she's getting by the balls with uh, with money. Damn. February 6, 2019. Approximate date, Charles Vallow realizes Lori Vallow transferred $2,000 rent-a-car points or 2000 rent-a-car points out of their joint account. Charles also finds out Lori had, JJ, had called JJ's school to ask if he was in class. He was worried she may have been planning to use the rental car points to potentially leave the state and take JJ with her. February 8th, 2019, Charles Vallow files for divorce from Lori Vallow. So no, he files for divorce, but then she comes back and says, can we work it out? And he, he redacts the divorce papers. So when they, when he was murdered, they were still married. That works every time. Yeah. Um, Can we give it a seventh chance? (laughs) Don't do it. Somebody who knows. (laughs) Don't. So February 8th, 2019, approximate date Charles Vallow removes Lori Vallow as sole beneficiary from his life insurance policy upon the advice of Charles attorney, Taylor Lawson. That's a huge, like, remember that statistic. Like that's, that's very important. Wait, what was it? Approximate date Charles Vallow removes Lori Vallow as sole beneficiary from his life insurance policy upon the advice of Charles attorney. So the day that he filed for divorce, his attorney also advised him to take Lori off as the, as the beneficiary of his life insurance policy. One of the things that was uh, noted was that it's very rare to make changes to life insurance policies like that <laughs> way ahead of a divorce. However, with the circumstances surrounding it, um, with, uh, with Charles fearing for his life and really stressing to us that there was some credibility of, of him fearing for his life, his uh, lawyer, lawyer went ahead and advised him to change that beneficiary. February 10th, 2019. Lori Vallow flew with Tylee Ryan to Kauai, Hawaii. According to then-husband Charles Vallow, she was allegedly gone for 58 days. At least part of the time that she was spent in Hawaii with daughter Tylee Ryan, as well as her brother Alex Cox, who lived in Gilbert, Arizona. The day was confirmed by April Raymond, who was Lori's friend. We kind of went over that. February 11th, 2019, Charles Vallow visits Life Academy. Charles met with the school officials and made a handful of claims. Lori had gone crazy. Lori was hearing religious voices. Lori had disappeared to an unknown location. He had secured a protection order against Lori. And he was pulling JJ out of school and taking him out of state until he's safe. I'm just curious um, what the voices when they when she's hearing religious voices. <laughs> Is it like Hi. the booming voice of God or she have like a little shoulder angel? Jesus loves the little children. You should wear Or is it like Eminem, like 
the devil and the angel on the yeah. Did you hit that shit, raw dog and bail? <laughs> Did you wear your garments today? <laughs> I feel like you need to wear them in the shower. Perhaps you should simplify. <laughs> simplify. Spencer. Do you need Spencer. to go? <laughs> you need to go shop on. February 15th, 2019, Charles Vallow files a document asking for temporary custody of JJ, exclusive use of the house and vehicle, return of the stolen money, and return of his and JJ's personal items. Several attempts were made to serve Lori, but process servers were unsuccessful, even though Lori's car was seen in Alex Cox's, Cox's Cox. plural, driveway Cox. when a server tried to serve her there. She was reportedly living with her brother, Alex Cox, at the time. Secret brother. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking gross. I know. February 16th, 2019. Preparing a People holds a one-day conference in Boise, Idaho. Chad Daybell is one of the speakers. Chad. Chinny chin Chad. Chinny chin Chad. Chinny chinny chin. Chubbin chin Chad. Note, it appears that Charles believed Lori Vallow was planning to attend this event, event, which led to an attempt by process servers to serve Lori with papers at the airport. When Charles learned Lori was going to Boise with a friend, he made attempts to serve her at the airport, a hotel, and a public event. All attempts were unsuccessful, and Charles came to believe that Lori had changed her travel plans at the last minute. February 2019, Lori Vallow, upon landing in Kauai, with Tylee Ryan, called her friend April Raymond to tell her she was leaving Charles and asked if they could stay at her, stay with her. February of 2019, Chad Daybell, Chinny Chad, writes forward for colleague and friend Melanie Gibbs' book, Field the Fire. Hmm. Mid-February 2019, the Daily Mail reported in January 2020 that Lori Vallow and Alex Cox had a knockdown dragout fight in the middle of the street while she was living with him around a year ago. The fight between Lori Vallow and Cox was reportedly so bad that the neighbors were close to calling the cops on the warning siblings. Neighbor Donnie Self told the Daily Mail she was screaming and accusing him of bringing disgrace on the family. After it was over, Vallow left the house and she had been sharing with her brother and never came back. So there's also some theories behind that. And Annie actually did a, a post on the Facebook page the other day about... Um, a theory that maybe Alex was gay. Hmm. But then that knocks out the theory of the ancestral relationship. The so. tickle time. Maybe Secret he, brother. Maybe he made himself look gay so people would think he was gay because really he loves his sister. Just putting that out there. So we pretend to be homosex. Maybe he... So we can so that we so that we can intersex <laughs> secret <laughs> brother time. Yes. Wow. A little bit <clears throat> intersex. So there's a note, a side note on that. Until I until I get further cl- clarification of the timing of this fight, I'm going to drop it here in the timeline because over the overlap in neighbors reporting that the fight had happened about a year prior to January of 2020, and the process servers note that both Lori and Alex's car were in the driveway. <clears throat> I know. That process servers also tried to meet her at the airport because Charles believed she was traveling to Boise, Idaho with a friend. And we know from a flyer that Chad Daybell, the man Lori would marry before the year was over, was speaking at a Preparing a People conference in Boise, February 16th. February 21st, 2019, Charles Vallow and J.J. Vallow return 
to Life Academy in Gilbert, Arizona. Lori is reported to still be MIA. February 21st, 2019, approximate date, staff at Life Academy in Gilbert, Arizona make a report to CPS regarding JJ because Lori Vallow had still not been located. March 1st, 2019, Charles Vallow files to dismiss divorce proceedings. So this is where he kind of redacts his divorce papers. March 6, 2019, court approves Charles Vallow's dismissal of divorce proceedings. So there's no longer a divorce in, in process. March 7, 2019, Charles Vallow withdraws son, J.J. Vallow, from school in Arizona and moves to Houston, Texas. No, I removed approximate date and changed the source to one that verifies the date. March 29, 2019, Laura, Lori Vallow returns home. She had abandoned her husband and Charles and seven-year-old son, J.J. Vallow, for 58 days. I derived this date by adding 58 to the January 30th. 4-9-19. Chad Daybell's friend and a doomsday podcaster, Julie Rowe, is told that she would be excommunicated from the Church of Latter-day Saints based on the charges of 1. Apostasy, 2. Teaching false doctrine, 3. Priestcraft, and 4. Defaming the good name of the Church. Wait. Never mind. What? Priestcraft again? Good name. Good name. (laughs) Defaming the good name. Can't define the good name. She and her husband have appealed the decision, but expect it to be denied. 531.19. Chad Daybell cancels speaking gig at Preparing a People conference due to a family emergency. The announcement reads, David Warwick and Sean Littlebear will be filling in for Chad Daybell, who had a family emergency. We regret regret he will not be able to attend this PAP event. Uh-huh. Because he was over doing a little <laughs> with Lori. He was hosting his own PAP event. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. He was preparing a lorry, not preparing a people. PAP schmear. He was papping lorry (laughs) with this. What are those things called? Speculum. If I could have remembered the word. Uh, Fucking warm this up. (laughs) Ain't nobody like a cold speculum. It's going to be a little cold. Just hold still. (laughs) Well, June 2019, Melanie Boudreaux asked husband Brandon Boudreaux for a divorce. Brandon said, I thought we had a very happy marriage, so this was pretty overwhelming. So it was out of the blue. 6 2019, Lori Vallow moves into rental home in Chandler, Arizona. 6 29, Charles Vallow sends email to Lori Vallow's brother, Adam Cox, claiming Lori created an email alias for him and sent a letter to the, to the previous. One of the ex- this is an ex- excerpt from the forged letter um, from Charles sent to Chad. So this is Lori mm-hmm. pretending to be Charles sending an email to Chad. Oh my god! I would gladly fly you down here early next week. You could stay in our guest room like you did before. I hate to take you away from your family, but I would I would definitely make it worth your time. With admiration, Charles. So here's an ex- excerpt of email from Charles to Adam Adam Cox or Adam. I'm not sure of the relationship with her and Chad Daybell, but they are up to something. She will not explain it. I am going to send it to Chad Chad Daybell's wife. Her name is Tammy, and I found her email address on their website, too. I've got her cell number as well. Late June 2019, Lori contacts Life Academy to let them know the family was back in Gilbert, and she enrolled JJ in the school summer program. 7-Eleven. Big day. Slurpees. Charles Vallow is shot by Alex Cox. According to Fox reporter Justin Lum, the shooting occurred around 8.30 a.m. Cox claims self-defense and calls 911. There's a recording of that as well. 
Alex Cox uh, questioned by law enforcement outside the home, which was recorded on body cam and can be viewed here, here, and here. So if you go to, if you go to anylyticals.com and pull up the timeline, you can actually go and see the uh, body cam footage and the 911 recording. An officer goes into the home to look around and sees the body of deceased Charles Vallow. Body cam video can be viewed here. Warning, it's graphic footage. Lori Vallow and 17-year-old Tyler Ryan were interviewed outside the home, which was recorded on body cam and can be viewed here. Lori Vallow, Alex Cox, and Tyler Ryan are all questioned at the police station, and transcripts of their, of their Lori's interview can be viewed here and Tyler's here. Cox has not been released as of February 9th, 2020. There are reportedly contradictions in their story, but no arrests are made. So notables from that. Alex was staying at the house where Charles Vallow was shot, despite living 23 miles away. So there's, there's a lot of weird, weird facts that go on here. Um, there was no furniture in the house, and we'll get into that. Um, beds were on the floor, you know, no frames. It's like, it's like they were just ready to up and go at any time. So Alex had a house that he was renting 23 miles away, but for some reason he was living with Lori and JJ and Tylee at the time. Colby Ryan, Lori Vallow's adult son, later claims that his mother called him the day Charles died and said he died of a heart attack. When he got to the house, he discovers his stepdad had actually been shot by his uncle. Charles was scheduled to look at apartments with landlords after dropping JJ off at school. Alex said Charles attacked him with a baseball bat, but only had trace amounts of blood on, his na on a napkin he dabs at the back of his head with. Alex said Lori, Tylee, and JJ left before the shooting. Lori told police she had been at the home when Charles was shot, but needed to leave to take JJ to school. Lori was glib and playful when talking to the officer at the scene. Dateline's Keith Morrison described Tylee's demeanor as somehow apologetic, but overly composed. So if you go back and read the um, statement that the officer wrote about Tylee's interview, it sounds super fabricated. Like somebody coached her. Really? Um, yeah. If you go read it, it's, it's, a 17-year-old that just watched her dad die, I don't see those words coming out of that. I, I think she was coached, and it was uh, completely... It, was Lori, it, it sounded like Lori talking through Tylee. <clears throat> uh, he said, Tylee told Detective Cassandra Clan, in retrospect, I probably shouldn't have gotten the bat. So we'll go into that um, in a minute. Moffat noted that uh, that as weird, but then walked it back. Author's note, Moffat's tone at the scene seemed to, seemed to suggest Tylee had possibly been coached in what to say. Moffat described the ride in the police with Lori, Alex, and Tylee as straight up bizarre. He added it was the weirdest ride he had ever had with three strangers. He described Lori as happy-go-lucky and said she was smiling and nonchalant right after her husband died. You would have thought she, we just recovered their stolen vehicle. <laughs> oh my God. That was quote-unquote from the police officer. No one has come forward saying that Charles was given to rages or abusive behavior. Not, not his ex-wife, not Lori's adult son, Colby, and not Lori and Charles, mutual friend, April Raymond. I also never saw Charles exhibit abusive behavior or rage, but I had far less exposure to Charles than the others. 7-11, neighbors report that the family hosts a pool party at the house where Charles Vallow was shot the day of the shooting. So it wasn't the next day. It was the same day. The same day he was shot, she threw a pool party. Fuck off. They report there are lots of people and loud music. Comment on Facebook made by Charles' real estate agent landlord, which was sub subsequently deleted. 
7.12, so the day after, Lori Vallow texts her stepsons a little after 4.30 p.m., approximately 20 hours after Charles Vallow was shot, to tell them that her, their father had died. She doesn't tell them how he died, and when one of the sons asked, she answered, we are still waiting for the medical examiner's report. The son asks a series of questions, trying to fig figure out what happened. No response. 6.45 p.m., he asks again, with building frustra frustration and anger. 8.20 p.m., he texts again. Lori replies again that she is still waiting for the medical examiner's report. She does not tell them he was shot. 7.12, 2019, still the day after. Cheryl, Cheryl Wheeler, Charles Vallow's ex-wife and mother of two Tungro sons, finds out from the medical examiner's website that Charles' death had been classified as a homicide. She then searches Google for more information and discovers from the news report out of Chandler, Arizona, that Alex Cox had shot him. Approximate date, Lori Vallow attempts to file a claim on Charles Vallow's life insurance policy and discovers she had been removed as the sole beneficiary. Charles had made his sister, Kay Woodcock, the beneficiary. 7-13-2019, Lori sends another text to Charles' son after a couple promptings in the late afternoon. It just says, I'm still waiting, on, I'm still waiting working on arrangements and sorting things out the best I can. Charles' son asks why she won't just tell them what happened. 7-14-2019, Lori Vallow leaves a voice message for one of Charles' grown sons, inviting him to talk. 7-15-2019, one of Charles' adult son texts Lori Vallow again, saying that it had been three days with still no answers about how their dad died. He wrote, the only information we have is that one text from you saying he passed away. You disappeared after that. We need any information you have. What happened? When did it happen? How did it happen? Where is he now? Are there any funeral plans and can blank be a part of it he later asked why colby and tylee haven't contacted them at all and why colby didn't answer his calls he ends the text with this isn't a nonchalant topic you can just throw a text at and be done with 7 16 2019 ian Pulowski, future husband of Mel melanie boudreau divorces his wife according to the date of divorce listed on his facebook page 7-22-2019. Approximate date, Lori Vallow tells an official at Life Academy that Charles Vallow committed suicide. So these are this is where her lies and all this shit starts coming into play. So she told she told uh Colby's grown grown kids that he committed or uh, that he had uh had a heart attack. Um or that or she wouldn't answer him at all, or she would tell them that she was still waiting on the medical examiner's report. Didn't give him any information. So after three days, that's when the one son got pissed off and basically said, we need to know what happened, when it happened, funeral arrangements. Um, so anyway, Lori, uh, so on 2019, that's the approximate date Lori Vallow tells an official at Life Academy, JJ School, that Charles Vallow committed suicide. Late July 2019, Lori Vallow allegedly texts Charles Vallow's sister, Kay Woodcock, having just discovered she had been removed as sole beneficiary from Charles Vallow's <laughs> One million dollar life insurance policy. No benefits. No benefits. No benefits here. No. no benefits for you. <laughs> no benefits for you. Benefits. <laughs> You'd no get benefits. No benefits. Kay alleges she wrote something to the effect of five kids and no money, and his sister gets everything. Notable at this time, Lori Vallow had two children living in the home: one adult son and two adult stepsons. So she really just had Tylee and JJ. July, August of July through August of 2019, after learning Ch Charles was shot and not the victim of a suicide, as Lori had told them, Life Academy files a report with Arizona's Department of Child Safety. 8-5-2019, J.J. Vallow starts the new 
school year at Life Academy. 8-9-19, Lori Vallow puts J.J. Vallow's service dog, Bailey, up for sale. What the fuck? Yeah. Here's an excerpt. Bailey has such a sweet spirit. He has brought so much love to the to his home, but his this was uh, so they contacted the dog trainer that they got the dog from and asked him for help getting rid of the dog. Getting Did they rid give of her reason? <clears throat> no. Like all of a sudden, well, yeah, he she, just doesn't she want said it. that she was moving and couldn't take the dog with her because again, Charles Vallow committed suicide. We're sorry, JD's dad committed suicide. And just when he probably needs the dog the most, we're gonna get rid of that yeah. thing. So base, uh, this was the the what the trainer wrote. Bailey was such has such a sweet spirit. He has brought so much love into his home, but his owner recently died and needs a new home. He's fully trained with as a certification as a with a certification as a service dog, up to date on vaccination. He has been trained with children in the home, non-smoking home. Bailey is sweet and friendly around other dogs, looking for new owners who will appreciate and love him the way he has been loved. Spent seven thousand dollars on service training. He is a full bred golden doodle. Has experience on airplanes. Has experience with people with autism. Notable. Vala was later told by the organization they got the dog from that she couldn't sell the dog. She would need to return him. Bailey has since been placed with a new family of a boy with autism. This was shared in a private Facebook post. So she was trying to get money for him. She, she had him up for sale for $2,500. Jesus Christ. Money, money, money. Money. <laughs> August 8th, 2019, the last time Kay Vallow Woodcock hears from J.J. Vallow via FaceTime. Call was reportedly 35 seconds long. They will be edged out of J.J. Vallow's life for a little more than three months with multiple attempts to get a hold of them. Late August, J.J. Vallow's grandparents, Kay and Larry Woodcock, call Life Academy to ask if J.J. was okay. August 30th, 2019, Lori Vallow stops by the workplace of her oldest son, Colby Ryan, to tell him in the parking lot that she, Tylee, and J.J. were moving the next day. Colby says he didn't ask where they were moving and didn't find out they had moved to Rexburg, Idaho until detectives came to his door November 27th, the day after Kay and Larry asked for a welfare check, to inquire about the whereabouts of Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow. August 30th, 2019, Colby Ryan told Gilbert Police he had spoke last with Tylee Ryan over FaceTime. According to court records, Ryan said that after his mother gave him excuses as to why Tylee couldn't talk to him. Tylee and Colby were pretty tight, just so you guys know. <clears throat> Notable. So does this mean Colby had a FaceTime call with Tylee after saying goodbye to her in the parking lot of the workplace? And why FaceTime when they still live near each other? August 30th. Wait. They can't check the phones? What do you mean? The phone pings. If they FaceTimed. Yeah. Does it, does it show where they FaceTimed from? Oh, I'm sure it does. Just like the money from the bank. Why can't they have a fucking video that shows who took the money? There is. They don't There are so many it. goddamn video, like video cameras recording all over the goddamn place in a bank. I know. I work. I think one. what they mean when they can't prove that Lori did it was that, and maybe it was, maybe it was done over a computer. Like some of the transactions were done over a computer. So she logged in as Charles and took the money. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. that, maybe it was just, that's it, like, for legalities, they say it's allegedly. Allegedly, Lori did it. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Air quotes. He fucked an ostrich. Allegedly. <laughs> August 30th, 2019. Lori Vallow has JJ Vallow's service dog, Bailey, picked up by the dog trainer, Elite in Arizona. Vallow had asked the organization to find the go Golden Doodle 
another family because she could no longer care for a, a pet due to a change in life circumstances. <clears throat> Author note, Bailey was an adorable and sweet-natured dog that stayed close, close by JJ and ran more like a bear cub than a dog. 8-31-2019, Lori Vallow moves with Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow to Rexburg, Idaho. Early September, a private investigator hired by Brandon Boudreaux sees Melanie Boudreaux and Alex Cox outside her home taking her children's clothes, toys, and bed to the curb. Early September, Alex Cox and Melanie Boudreaux drive together <laughs> to, Rex Bless you. to Rexburg. They end up all living in the same complex within a few doors of each other. Lori Vallow enrolls J.J. Vallow at Kennedy Elementary School in Rexburg, Idaho. J September 4th, 2019. J.J. Vallow's first day at Kennedy Elementary School in Rexburg, Idaho. September 5th, 2019. Lori Vallow emails Life Academy, J.J.'s school in Chandler, Arizona, to say that she needed to withdraw him. She allegedly told staff over the phone that she accepted a position in California, which was not true, and that his father committed suicide, which was also not true. What was that date? September what? September 5th. Okay. September 6th, 2019. Neighbors take a pic of Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow with an unidentified child through their blinds. When asked why they did, why, they said it was because they thought it was strange that the children were using stuffed animals to play in a large puddle of water. No, this is the second to last time Tylee is seen alive. The last time is two days later in Yellowstone. Yes. Wait, where? <laughs> September 8th. <clears throat> okay, so September 7th, 2019, Lori Vallow accesses JJ Vallow's app from his old school. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. Like she starts going and checking J like JJ's school app for his school in Chandler. Like months after what? she had withdrawn him. He's getting shitty grades. What the hell His is attendance going is on? piss poor. <laughs> I don't even have him enrolled there Fucking anymore. citizenship out. There goes Teacher all says those he's awful quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't say much. September 8th, 2019. Last day Tylee Ryan is seen alive. In a picture obtained from Lori Vallow's iCloud account, Ryan is seen at the entrance of Yellowstone Park. Ryan was at the park with Lori Vallow, Alex Cox, and J.J. Vallow. This is the last time we can find any record of Tylee Ryan being with Lori Vallow. The affidavit of probable cause says, We have found no witnesses who can verify they have seen Tylee Ryan since September 8th, 2019. Authors note that this detail in concert with the nanny interview, ooh, the nanny interview is good, indicates Tylee may have met her fate at the hands of Alex and Lori at Yellowstone. I'm, not, I'm of the persuasion that Lori may have gone one way with JJ and Alex with Tylee another. I hope to God I'm wrong. But if I'm right, the fact that Lori would take a pick of Tylee at the entrance just to be led off like a lamb to the slaughter later that day is suggestive of getting a keepsake of the moment. Wow. When I went in to be interviewed for the Dateline episode, someone kindly offered to take a picture of me. I declined, telling them I didn't want to remember this day. I'm not trying to set myself up as some kind of model to be emulated, and I'm not seeking the highest moral ground I can find. There would have been nothing wrong with agreeing to the pick. I just knew I'd never flip back through my photos and want to see a reminder of this nightmare. So in my mind, the fact that Lori would take a pick of Tylee at the entrance as a keepsake is potentially bone chilling. I am no longer willing to give her any benefit of the doubt. The fact that she could alleg allegedly refer to JJ as her niece's drug baby, lie repeatedly, try to hinder the investigation, and do everything she's done before and after Ty Tylee and JJ went missing disqualifies her from receiving any more benefits from me. The Lori I knew, loved, and 
the the lori i knew and loved appears to be gone she has the right to a fair trial by law but i'm not beholding to extend her those rights those same rights September 17th, 2019, Lori Vallow's neighbor in Rexburg, Idaho, captures last known footage of J.J. Vallow playing outside. That was on a doorbell, a doorbell camera. September 18th, 2019, a, na- a nanny Lori Vallow hires to, through care.com for what she thinks is a long-term care comes to the house for the first time to babysit J.J. She tells the nanny her husband died of a heart attack in Arizona and that her daughter was going to school in Rexburg. Um, later proved to be false, by the way. The nanny describes Tylee's presence in the home as intermittent visits. Occasionally, her daughter would come visit for dinner or do laundry, but she never said that she lived there with them. It appeared appeared that only Lori and JJ lived there from the look of things and from what she told me. The entire Twitter Twitter thread? Mm -hmm. Twitter tweet? (laughs) It would appear that Tylee Ryan went missing sometime between September 8th and September 18th. So September 19th, 2019, the nanny Lori Vallow hires returns for a second day of caring for JJ. She notes several things from that day. Vallow joked that sometimes she gives JJ his meds early, so he'll go to sleep earlier to give her a break. Vallow told her that her brother... We all joke about that. The Benadryl Colada. Yeah. (laughs) We all do it. We all do it. Taste this. Does this smell funny? The whiskey binky? (laughs) Dude. (laughs) What? Nothing. Nothing. Vallow told her that her brother, Alex Cox, is going to come over and they're going to Idaho Falls Airport. Cox came over, just said hello, and left with Lori. JJ went to play at a neighbor's house and then came home for dinner. After dinner, he wanted to go back to the friend's house, but the nanny said no. JJ had a meltdown and threw furniture and told the nanny he hated her and didn't want to be her friend. Nanny went upstairs to find JJ and found him under Lori's bed. JJ's room only had toys in it, no bed. Wow. This is what I'm saying. Like everywhere they lived, it's like they could up and flee at any time. Bare uh, necessities. The, the, the simple bare necessities. JJ slept on a small mattress in Lori's, in the corner of Lori's room. <clears throat> Lori, Alex, and Lori's friend came home. Lori babied JJ to comfort him. Lori told the nanny the woman did podcasts with her. Lori gave her $40 cash and then never had her come back. This out-of-town friend was in Lori's home just four days before JJ was last seen. So who's the mystery woman? I am only aware of two female blogging buddies and one has denied ever meeting Lori and her kids. And the other told law enforcement less than a week later, she hadn't seen JJ in months. September 19th, 2019 Rex Rexburg woman claims to have been on a flight with Cheney, Cheney, Chad Daybell <laughs> on a flight from Idaho Falls to Mesa, Arizona. <laughs> the woman said Daybell planned to help a relative in the Valley who needed to remodel her home. He said, I hope we can get Get this work done in the time that I have to be back before I have to be back, said the woman who wished to remain anonymous. September 23rd, 2019. J.J. Vallow is last seen at Kennedy Elementary. No requests are made for J.J.'s transcripts. September 24th, 2019. Lori Vallow disenrolls J.J. from school, indicating she would homeschool him from now on. J.J. is not seen with her. September 24, 2019, Lori Vallow tells babysitter JJ had gone to stay with his grandma for several weeks, and she was in Hawaii and the babysitter services were no longer needed. According to the affidavit of probable cause obtained by East Idaho News, police detective Ron Ball reported, we contacted this babysitter and she informed us that she watched JJ on the 19th of September. The babysitter understood that her employment was going to be, was to be ongoing. 
September so 24, happy. 2019, Tylee Ryan's 17th birthday passes with no social media posts. So if you guys know teenagers. They post every 13 seconds. Yeah. They post what they ate, what they when they went to bed, who they went to bed with. Ooh. September 24, 2019, Colby Ryan has a text exchange with Tylee Ryan on her birthday and tells Dr. Phil that it didn't sound like her. So later on, Dr. Phil did an episode on this. And uh, so Colby says that um, that he had a text exchange with Tylee Ryan and he said that told Dr. Phil that it didn't sound like her. He asked her to call him that night and she didn't. Who was that? That's Colby, her old mm-hmm. her half brother. That's Charles. Um, yeah. Older son. Oh, no, that's Lori's older son. Right. All the names are getting confusing. I have to. I like, told you this from the it. beginning. I should have taken my notes. I warned you. Yeah. I told you. Late September, Chad Daybell and friend and fellow Doomsday author Julie Rowe speak by phone about Tam- Tammy's imminent death. So this is in September. He's already predicting his wife's death. Awesome. Natural causes. Well, he's a, he's a prophet is what had happened. Well, when you know some stuff about some natural causes and such. <laughs> I know. Does that, does that really happened. hold up in, in court? Like, <laughs> Man, I was fucking told that my wife was going to die. And she did. She natural just, caused. Just <laughs> let the so, Lord do his work. <laughs> I don't know she, why you're questioning that. I don't know why you're questioning me about this. <laughs> What's so hard to understand? <laughs> the Lord told me she was going to die, and then she did. And then natural causes. <laughs> and then natural causes happened. <laughs> Three weeks before Tammy's death, Roe and Daybell called each other. <clears throat> I asked him... Do you still see Tammy dying? And he said, yes, I do, said Roe. Tammy was in charge of the finances and covers for Daybell's books. Roe said Daybell wanted to get out of the business, but Tammy wanted to keep going. He said, I'm ready to get out now, and Tammy doesn't want to get out. When she passes, I'm done, and I can keep doing this, Julie Roe said. So when she dies... When the Lord takes her (laughs) on his own, which I have nothing to do with, when she natural causes. <laughs> October 1st, Lori Vallow opens a 10 by 10 storage unit in, at Self Storage Plus in Rexburg, Idaho. 10-2-2019, Lori Vallow orders... Or, this is fucked up. Lori Vallow orders a ring later shown in the wedding photos from Amazon using Charles Vallow's account. No shit. What the fuck? <laughs> you psycho bitch. She bought her new wedding ring, which was only $39.99. Woohoo! It was like a malonite or something. It's a moissanite. Mo- moissanite. It's a fake diamond and it's worth fuck all. It's a moissanite. No, it, it's, it, I don't think it's a fake diamond, but it basically means like a For new $39? life. $39? Yeah, 39 bucks. She also had a, <laughs> in her search. Her We're fucking search. new life in it on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> This new life sucks. How are you going to go to fucking Hawaii and live like a baller with a $39.95 ring? That's well, how they saved money on the uh, ring. Okay, so just, I'll, I'm going to give you guys a little sneak peek. COVID. So at this point in time, Tammy was still alive, right? Tammy had a $430,000 life insurance policy. Dun, dun, dun. That's how. Beneficiary. That's, that's. They had to get engaged. So he was a beneficiary and that's how they lived in Hawaii. They had to get engaged that, first. You know what though? Like for uh uh what was it? Forty thousand what? Her policy. 
$430,000. Oh, $430,000. My, sorry, the congestion in my head only let me hear $40,300. <laughs> that makes like, more sense. not that much. They can live I for a like, week, week and a half. I was like, $40,000 isn't going to get you very far. <clears throat> so her dead husband paid for a new ring for with her new husband. Outstanding. While he was dead. While he was dead. Well, at least he was dead. No disrespect. <laughs> After he had his um, suicide heart attack. <laughs> oh, yeah. At least it wasn't natural causes. <laughs> he did not natural cause. Maybe it was. We don't know. You never know. It was a natural cause. He just exploded. It was looks also... like a bullet hole, but so... it's not. <laughs> it was a natural That's a explosion. natural caused hole. <laughs> Jesus. So, in the search history... She also was looking for wedding dresses and men's beach pants. This is amazing. At least not shoes. Because on the beach you can get married without shoes. <laughs> you can go barefoot. And... All right. 10-2, 2019. Lori Vallow and a man who appears to be Chinny Chinny Chad <laughs> are seen on surveillance at the storage unit. Lori Vallow and a man who appears to be her brother, Alex Cox, are seen on surveillance. Surveillance at the storage unit as well. From the East Idaho news site, timestamps on the video show a blue rogue arriving at 1.25 p.m., but the owner of the storage facility says clocks were off by one hour, so Lori actually pulled in at 2.25. She made her way to the door of the building where her unit was, and two minutes later at 2.27 p.m., got out of the vehicle with a man who was believed to be Chinny Chinny Chad. At 2.29... She was keeping him in the storage shed? <laughs> <clears throat> no. Oh. At 2.29 p.m., he pulled a tire out of the back of the Rogue and rolled it into the storage unit. One minute later, he and, he and Lori carried what appeared to be a removable rear car seat together. Allegedly. They put it in the locker, shut the door, and left the facility at 2.32. The entire visit was seven minutes. Don't need that no more. Was there a kid in it? No. Okay. No, reporter Nate Eaton offers plausible explanation for why Lori and Chad, allegedly Chad, would have been moving a tire and removable back seat into the storage unit. Brandon Boudreaux said someone shot at him out of the back window of a Jeep. The back window of that model Jeep doesn't open if the tire is attached. <clears throat> Ergo, nice. it's possible they removed the back seat and tire of the Jeep. Then Lori and Chad moved it into the storage unit. It's all coming Shat. together. Mm -hmm. Bonus note. Chad Daybell, still married to Tabby, Tammy Daybell at the time, acts in a manner you might find a bit salacious for a married man whose wife will conveniently die one week later to the day. So basically, he, he grabs smacks her, her smack, on the ass. grabs her ass and smacks it. <clears throat> and that's how she naturally died. <laughs> I told her about that ass smack. and it, Natural cause. And it natural caused her. <laughs> 10-2, October 2nd, 2019. Brandon Boudreaux is shot at outside of his home in Gilbert, Arizona around 9.30 a.m. The shooter was driving Tylee Ryan's 2008 Jeep Wrangler, which is registered in Charles Vallow's name. Boudreaux later identifies Alex Cox as the shooter. 10-3, 2019. Lori Vallow and a man who appears to be her brother, Alex Cox, are seen on surveillance at the storage unit. Vallow and Cox retrieve the tire in the backseat and put it into Vallow's car. October 4th, 2019, Tammy Daybell visits parents in Springville, Utah, allegedly at Chad's urging. Chad da Daybell, Chinny Chinny Chad, claims divine urging from ancestors. 
So that was a fucking lie. <laughs> you know how many times we could play that in here? I know, every time you talk. I've got, like, I'm just so... I'm Lori like, said, so that was a fucking lie. And then Lori said, so that was a fucking, fucking lie. lie. Uh, 10-6, 2019. Alex Cox visits the storage unit by himself. On surveillance. Ten nine nineteen. Tammy Daybell files a report with the Rexburg Police Department, claiming to be shot at by a masked man carrying a paintball gun. Are you sure about that? <laughs> Finger quotes. Finger quotes. Ten ten. Get this shit. Ten ten to two thousand nineteen. Tylee Ryan's Venmo account shows a payment to her older half brother Colby Ryan with "We love you" in the description field. For how many? How many monies? It wasn't that much. It was a small amount. Oh. But there's multiple. October 14th, 2019. Approximate date, Melanie Boudreaux allegedly texts her estranged husband, Brandon, to let him know she planned to move to Boise. Text read, the kids could remain with you in Arizona. You would have to arrange for daycare. And I could have the kids for school, school holiday and summers. Or I could take the kids to Idaho and enroll them in school there. And you could have the kids for schools and ho- school holidays and summers. Please let me know what you'd like to do. 1016, 2019. Tylee Ryan's Venmo account shows a payment to her older half brother, Colby Ryan, with a heart emoji in the description field. 1016, 2019. Imagine a man allegedly accesses Lori Vallow's storage unit and spends what appears to be six minutes on premise. It only took six minutes. October 19th, 2019. Tammy Daybell dies in her sleep, according to her husband, Chinny Chinny Chad. He claims that she went to bed with a cough and just didn't wake up. Her death is believed to be natural and no autopsy is performed. An investigator told East Idaho News reporter Nate Eaton that Chad didn't seem all that curious about how she died. 10-19-19. One of Chad Daybell's daughters allegedly says to Chad Daybell's friend and colleague Julie Rowe that she was most afraid of her dad getting remarried. October 22nd, 2019, Tammy Daybell is interred in Spring Creek, Idaho. 10-22, 2019, a man allegedly accesses Lori Vallow's storage unit and spends nine minutes on the premise. Starting to build up his stamina. Yeah, he is. 10-23, <laughs> 2019, a memorial service is held for Tammy Daybell in Rexburg, Idaho. Chad's younger brother, Matt Daybell, later tells East Idaho News that he and Chad had not directly spoken to each other since the service in Rexburg on October 23rd. Since that time, I have texted Chad twice. Once when I heard from a neighbor of his quick marriage to Lori Vallow, expressing to him my shock and dismay at this news, Matt Dable says. Secondly, just recently, pleading with Chad to cooperate with authorities and reveal the whereabouts of his new stepchildren. 1025, 2019. A friend of Tylee receives a text from Tylee, but says it didn't sound like her. 1025, 2019. A man allegedly accesses Lori Vallow's Storage unit and spends 10 minutes on the premises. All right. I kind of feel like storage unit is code for something else. <laughs> is that what she calls it down there? <laughs> storage unit. This is the storage unit. Where you put... Boner garage. <laughs> Boner koozie. 10 2019, a man allegedly accesses Lori Vallow's storage unit and spends 11 minutes on the premise. Sis. Is this what these Venmos are for? <laughs> small, small mouths. <laughs> she is that bad at it. Have you noticed that he really is building up a stamina though? Six, nine, I 10, know. 11. That's that's why I was like, wait a second. What the fuck are you doing in there? He's prepping for Hawaii. 
Yes, he is. <laughs> My. 10-28-2019. Two men, who appear to be Alex Cox and Chinny Chinny Chad, are seen moving bikes and other items into the storage unit. Lori Vallow rented October 1st in Rexburg, Idaho. They allegedly spend six minutes on the premise. 10-28-2019. Melanie Boudreaux signs a lease on her apartment and the same complex as Lori Vallow and Alex Cox. 10-29-2019. Unidentified woman seen playfully running through the snow and then approaching Lori Vallow's apartment. 10-31-2019. Melanie Boudreaux and Alex Cox fly from Idaho, Idaho Falls to Phoenix and then pack up Melanie to move her to Rexburg, Idaho. Who was frolicking in the snow? Unknown woman. Who frolics in the fucking <laughs> snow? Frolicking. I don't want to frolic in the snow. 10-31-2019. Approximate date Nanny texts Lori one last time about working for her. Lori never responds. Late October 2019. Colby Ryan says communication with Tylee started to change. He started calling and FaceTiming her, but she wouldn't answer and always had a reason for why she couldn't talk. And they didn't sound like her, he told Fox reporter Justin Lum. Lum, but it did sound like how she would text and how she would talk. Ryan, it was bouncing back and they just didn't seem normal. And all these things started piecing together. But it was Lori. Update. (laughs) Colby told Dr. Phil that his text exchange with Tylee on 924.19 didn't sound like her. Example, she would have used an emoji over saying that she loved him. And that he that that she was worried about him. Late October, early November, two thousand nineteen. Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell lie about the death and even existence of Lori's children. Rexburg Police Department published witness testimony as a press release alleging that Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell both lied about the children's existence. So they told Chad's parents that she didn't have any kids. Uh, tricky. We are aware. This is in quotations. We are aware that in the weeks after Tammy Daybell's death, Lori Vallow Daybell and Chad Daybell told witnesses that Lori's daughter had died a year before the death of her father, which is untrue. Around the same time, Chad told another witness that Lori had no minor children. According to an affidavit obtained by East Idaho News in February of 2020, law enforcement also interviewed Chad, <coughs> Chad Daybell's parents, and Tammy Daybell's sister. There was no date in the article Daybell's parents told the detectives Chad and Lori had told them in November that Lori was an empty nester. Tammy's sister reports that Chad told him Lori had no juvenile children. No, there was no date for the interview of Chad Daybell's parents and Tammy Daybell's sister, so I approximated. I've reached out to the reporter to find out if the affidavit listed a date. I also created an account to start requesting court documents myself and I'm in the verification process, which requires writing a letter or waiting for a letter to be mailed to me with verification code. Because government. <clears throat> Late October, early November, 2019. Estimated time, Chad Daybell received $430,000 in life insurance proceeds following Tammy Daybell's death. Note, I will update this entry to a more exact date if it becomes available. Fall of 2019, Chad Daybell is allegedly excommunicated from the LDS church. after Wait, he declared, how did he do it? <laughs> he declared Priestcraft. he was a prophet. He declared he was a prophet. I think that's priestcraft. Priest, That's priest, all you have to do? Where Fair, do we declare? Pre- priestcrafting's a good I'm one. I'm posting on Facebook right now. I am a prophet. <laughs> priestcraft, the knowledge and work of a priest. I don't think. Oh, Mormonism. Priestcraft. Found it. The Book of Mormon says, Priestcrafts are the men that preach and set themselves up for a light unto the world that they may get gain 
and praise of the world, but they do not seek the welfare of Zion. She can't priestcraft. Maybe she decided she was a priest because only men can get that. The priesthood. Men preaching and setting themselves up for the light of the world, that they may get gain and praise of the world. They do not seek. That's. The welfare of Zion. Hmm. Is that a bad thing? It's got to be a bad thing. It's how you get excommunicated. Excommunicado. Excommunicado. What is that from? John Wick. That's right. <laughs> John Wick. Excommunicado. All right. Fall of 2019, Chad Daybell is allegedly excommunicated from the LDS church after he declared he was a prophet. November 2019, Tylee's gray Jeep Wrangler, which was seen in CCTV the day Brandon Boudreaux was reportedly shot at in front of his home in Gilbert, Arizona, is seized and impounded in accordance with the search warrant <clears throat> in November 2019 in Rexburg, Idaho. The Jeep is registered to Charles Vallow. November 1st, Detective Ray Hermosia starts intermittent surveillance on Lori Vallow at the request of the Gilbert Police Department. Hermosillo reports that he never saw J.J. Vallow when he was performing surveillance during the month of November 2019. So this is the beginning of November. Remember that um, Larry and Kay didn't call this in until November 26th. So they were on to him before any of this happened. Mm -hmm. Or before Larry and Kay called it in. Note, this is 17 days after his former wife, Tammy Daybell, died unexpectedly from natural causes. Hmm. <laughs> natural causes. See, she took an Advil. <laughs> she took too many of them Advils. <laughs> she, I saw her. She took like four. <laughs> <laughs> she, she downed a Diet Coke right after. <laughs> Chugged that some bitch. Her heart can't handle it. November 7th, 2019, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell meet with Jeannie Martin, about renting a room from her in Kauai, Hawaii. According to Martin, after claiming to receive a sign from God about moving into her home, she asked about former wife Tammy Daybell's recent death. He answers via text, claiming, she helped me reconnect with Lori so quickly and it helped my children move forward. Hmm. November 8th, 2019, Chad Daybell sent an email to Kauai Realtor, three days after he and Lori Vallow got married. Outside of authorities, this is the second this is the second source to tell us that Daybell said he had no kids on the island. November twelfth, twenty nineteen. Melanie Boudreaux trespasses on parent Brandon Boudreaux's parents' property in American Fork, Utah. American Fork police say Melanie's uncle, Alex Cox, drove her to where her children were in a twenty twenty Kia Telluride. November fourteenth, twenty nineteen, Melanie Boudreaux trespasses onto Brandon's parents' property a second time, around 10.30 p.m., claiming to have a court order stating she could take the children. Police cite Melanie for criminal trespassing and tell her to leave the property, but then decide to take her into custody for tri criminal trespassing, enhanced by domestic violence. Melanie turns herself in to American Fork Police Department and is booked into Utah County Jail. Melanie's uncle, Alex Cox, posts her bail of $1,950. The day after the arrest... The day after the arrest, Cox bailed Melanie out. Mid-November, Lori and Chad returned to Rexburg from their honeymoon in Kauai, Hawaii. November 19th, 2019, Melanie and Brandon Boudreaux's divorce is finalized. She does not show up, and he is awarded full custody of their children. 11-21-2019, Lori Vallow accesses J.J. Vallow's app from his old school. Lori withdrew him on September 5th, 2019. 
So two months after she had uh, withdrawn from school, she's still checking the school app. Okay. 11-24-2019, Lori Vallow and an unidentified man visit her storage unit in Rexburg, Idaho for the last time. They leave a box of memorabilia for Tylee and J.J. Vallow, as well as a tote of clothing. They stay for four minutes. Mm. He went Le- back down. 11-25-2019, Kay Woodcock discovers by hacking into Charles Vallow's email after trying one of three passwords Woodcock says her brother always used that an Amazon purchase had been sent to Lori Vallow's address in Rexburg, Idaho. Woodcock said now that she had an address for them. She could send the welfare check. 11-25-2019. Investigation begins when Rexburg Police Department is contacted by Gilbert, Arizona Police Department in response to a welfare check check for J.J. requested by J.J.'s grandparents, Kay and Larry Woodcock. Tylee Ryan wasn't included in the welfare check because Detective Nathan Moffitt one of the detectives who was on the scene the day Charles Vallow was shot and described his ride with Lori Vallow, Alex Cox, and Tylee as straight-up bizarre, thought he didn't need to include Tylee Ryan in the welfare check. What? Another rant. This is, okay, this again, Annie Cushing, another rant against the Chandler Police Department. You can read my rant again about how the Chandler Police Department bungled the investigation into Lori's threats against Charles in January 2019 and then Charles' death in July 20, July 2019. But even after the family moved out of the area in what I believe to be a lapse in judgment by Chandler Police Department Detective Nathan Moffat, the investigation into, into the disappearance of J.J. and Tylee almost didn't include Tylee. Moffat made a judgment call that, that then 16-year-old Tylee wasn't quite minor enough to be considered a minor who needed to be checked on. Why? Because, well, she was almost 17. Which, hell, makes her damn near 18, so practically not a minor at all. And we don't care if you're, you know. She's 16, almost 17, which is basically 18. We don't need to check on her. I mean, sure, he seemed to almost kind of hint at his concern that Tylee may have been coached by her mother following the shooting death of her stepfather. And then there was the odd van ride with Tylee... Lori and Alex that he described as straight up bizarre. And then the weirdest ride he, he had ever had with strangers. But how could he have possibly known the same woman who allegedly made heinous threats against her late husband earlier that year, wiped out more than $35,000 from his business, abandoned her husband and her son for almost two months and acted suspicious, suspiciously during the investigation into her husband's death at her brother's hand could have been a danger to her other mild, minor children as well. Thankfully, in the course of the investigation of the dis- in the disappearance of J.J., RPD detectives came to, the- to discover there was other- another minor ch- child living in the home who was also unaccounted for. But this is three strikes against CPD in my book. I'm not even going into sheepishly apologizing for breaking from a dispassionate tone with this rant. The rea- reality is my primary job isn't maintaining jur- journalistic standards. My job is advocating for two amazing beautiful and adored kids who have mysteriously disappeared amidst a shitstorm that has caught the attention of the people around all around the world who are helplessly watching on as this mystery continues to deepen with no signs of letting up anytime soon. <clears throat> so there's not a lot of room for error. I'm just grateful RPD has now taken the lead in the case. I have stayed out of their way and will continue to do so, but I'm no longer going to operate under this con- contrived pressure. I put myself I've put on myself to try and pretend I'm a reporter who's not emotionally involved in this case. I can't even hold my shit together in interviews. So if you find yourself cringing at the emotional rants of a frustrated family member, just scroll and roll. 
November 26, 2019, law enforcement performs welfare checks on J.J. Vallow at 565 Pioneer Road, Rexburg, Idaho. Lori Vallow tells police J.J. is staying with a family friend in Arizona. Investigators <laughs> later learn that they had not been staying with the friend. Other suspicious activity later released in a 14-page affidavit of probable cause statement obtained by East Idaho News. Chad acted as if he didn't know Lori very well and stated he did not know her phone number. They had married three weeks prior to this. And he doesn't know her phone number? Doesn't know her phone number. What? Who? 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 Who knows phone numbers anymore? That's what I was kind of thinking, too. But he also acted like he didn't know her very well. Huh. Alex. Well, you don't. Yeah, after you get married (laughs) that quick. Just met the bitch. I just met that bitch down on the beach. (laughs) She just happened Coincidentally, to Coincidentally, both our, both our spouses had just died from natural causes. Hers it was a sign from God. Cause. We got to get married. Hers committed the suicide in the natural <laughs> cause way. And mine just died. I just had the natural cause. Yep. <laughs> Alex told detectives that jo- Joshua Vallow was with his grandma, Kay Woodcock, in Louisiana, which was not likely to be true due to the fact that Kay was the individual who first called in the missing child report. <gasps> To the Gilbert Police Department. Oh, oh you fucked up. Cox told officers Lori might be in apartment 107. Might be. trust the bee Allegedly. in apartment. Allegedly. Allegedly. Apartment 107 was vacant. As well, is Lori Fellows. <laughs> her, storage, <laughs> her storage unit. Vacant. Not very vacant. <laughs> Police found Lori later that day in apartment 175. Chad, get this shit. Chad Daybell tried to drive away while detectives were at the apartment complex, but a detective stopped him. So he tried to bounce. And this is after they got back from their wedding? They're married at this point. They got married in Hawaii. Hawaii. Chad told an investigator that the last time he had seen JJ was uh, was in apartment 107 in October. He also admitted that he knew his wife's phone number. Oh. They've been together long enough now. (laughs) A few minutes ago, he yeah. didn't. <laughs> now, he now, now that I've had a time, a little bit of time to get to know her. <laughs> he was like, babe, what's your phone number? <laughs> Notable. This proves that Chad was aware that Lori had at least one minor child. Because okay. he had told his family that she was an empty nester and had no children. So that kind of, that, that ties him to the case. Oh my before, God. Before he could have said that she told him she had no children. But now that he knows that, J, that JJ was alive, he, it ties him in. Vallow told detectives J.J. was with Melanie Gibb. Remember Melanie Gibb at the beginning? Yes. Vallow told detectives J.J. was with Melanie Gibb, a friend of Lori and Chad, who had participated as a co-host with Chad and Lori on a Preparing a People podcast, co-hosted the Time to Warrior Up podcast with Lori, spoke at Preparing the People conference, and wrote the book Feel the Fire. Chad wrote the foreword. Detective Ron Ball stated that this lie delayed the investigation into the whereabouts of safety of JJ by requiring us to take time to investigate a lead that was verifiably false. Detectives called Gibb, but were unable to reach her. Lori claimed that her friend and JJ were at frozen too. Officers told Lori to tell her friend to call them. After not hearing back from Gibb that night, law enforcement in Rexburg called the Gilbert police department. Officers, officers from GPD went to Gibb's home. She was not there, but they reached her by phone. Gibb told them JJ had not been there for several months. Notable, not getting back to law enforcement in a timely timely manner gave Lori and Chad significant lead time to flee the jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. So 
<clears throat> keep this in mind when later on they arrest Lori and put her on a $5 million bail. This is why. Because she kept fleeing. Because she's slippery. Gibb waited 10 days before telling R- RPD that both Lori and Chad asked her to tell them that she had JJ. Gibb has reportedly retained a lawyer and is cooperating with authorities. 11-29-2019. Law enforcement execute a search warrant for, for the townhouse Lori Vallow was renting and discovers that Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell had vacated the home. Witnesses say the kids weren't with them. Law enforcement also searched the townhouse belonging to Vallow's brother, Alex Cox, and niece, Melanie Boudreaux, who reportedly lived a few doors down from Vallow. 11-27-2019. Law enforcement searched Lori Vallow's self-storage plus storage unit, where they find the kids' bikes, toys, photo albums, winter clothes, a backpack with JJ's initials, a jersey with Colby Ryan's name on it, photo blankets made from pictures of Tylee and JJ from infancy, Lori related Lori Vallow or men associated with her visit the storage unit a total of 10 times between October 1st and November 24th. That's a pretty big indicator. It's, it's November. We're in the middle of winter and all their winter clothes are stored in the storage unit. It's because they're in a fucking geyser as well as all their summer stuff. Bikes, all baseball their stuff. mitts. Yeah. <clears throat> but they're safe. <clears throat> But they're safe, according to skin, uh, chin, Skinny Skinny. Chinny Chinny Chad. Chinny Chinny Chad. Chinnington. 11-27-2019. Approximate date Alex Cox moves back from Arizona. Or back to Arizona. 11-27-2019. Detectives come to the house of Lori Vallow's son, Colby Ryan, to inquire about the whereabouts of Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow. Colby told Fox reporter Justin Lum that he called his mom after they left and said, two detectives just came to my door. What's going on? She allegedly answered, I got it. I'll take care of it. I love you. Colby added when pressed by Lum that she also asked what the detective asked him about. But that was it. 11-27-2019. Approximate date Rexburg Police Department requests the assistance of the FBI in finding Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow. 11-29-2019. Alex Cox. <laughs> this is the weird shit. Alex Cox marries Zulima Pastines in Las Vegas. According to the owner of a chapel of love in Las Vegas, where the two were married, the minister reflected on the service, commenting that the timing or commenting that the thing that stuck out to him the most was their lack of emotional response. He con- he continued, they were very cold. It was all business. They wanted to get in and out. The owner said the service only lasted eight minutes and their only witness was the chapel security guard. Oh, 11-30-2019, Melanie Boudreaux marries Ian Pawlowski in Las Vegas. Early December, Ian Pawlowski texts his ex-wife concerns about the attempted shooting of Brandon Boudreaux. She didn't know beforehand that it was going to happen. They made the attempt and failed and told her about it after the fact. So, <clears throat> that, was a, that was a text that Ian sent to his ex-wife saying that Melanie was innocent of the shooting on Brandon. So, he's basically admitting that they did shoot at Brandon, but Melanie didn't know anything about it. And they told her after the fact. All right. Notable. Alex, Alex Cox took Zilima's last name. <laughs> December 3rd, 2019. According to an email from Natalie Pawlowski, ex-wife of Ian to an associate of Brandon Boudreaux, Melanie Pawlowski, current wife of Ian, and former wife of Brandon Boudreaux is interviewed by law enforcement for five hours. December 4th, 2019, FBI agents from Phoenix, Arizona looked into Lori Vallow, 
Melanie Gibb, and Richard Jason Mao. Agent digs into Lori Vallow's podcast. FBI agents notes Jason Mao joined them in the podcast. Mao said they had a special connection and described her as a gatherer. Mao connected Vallow with Gibb. Vallow mentions how suffering leads to salvation and that even th though she doesn't want her kids to suffer, she understands they have to so they can see the light. Oh, fuck. Oh. Agent also describes podcasts as not soothing by any means. It gets worse. Awesome. I can't wait. Great. I love it when it gets worse. <clears throat> but wait. There's more. There's more. 12-4, mm -hmm. 2019. FBI agent digs into Richard Jason Mao's professional background. Agent notes that Phoenix Police Department's homicide sergeant recalls a time when he was sleeping in the front seat of his car while he was supposed to be doing security for them as he was executing a search warrant. So are you guys tying this together? Jason Mao, um, part of preparing people, was also a former Chandler Police Department de in police officer. He was terminated for sleeping in front of it, sleeping in the front seat of his car while he was supposed to be doing a security for them as they were executing a search warrant. Agent asked another agent to look into him more. Sleeping? You fell asleep? <laughs> 12 4 2019. Natalie Pawlowski contacts an associate of Brandon Boudreaux trying to find him. It's, pr it's a pretty desperate cry for help and reveals how scared she and Ian both are. Authors note the email reads much more authentically than the document Ian left on his laptop for Natalie to find when he turned over his laptop for her to see. Natalie and Ian Pawlowski are interviewed by Rexburg Police Department. Notable, one of, one of the items Lori Vallow's defense attorney requested from Rexburg Police Department was recordings from Ian Pawlowski's interview. I wonder what he recorded. Worth noting, Idaho is a, a one-party consent state, meaning he wouldn't ne have needed to consent permission from somebody else if he was recording. 12-6-2019, Lori Vallow's friend and one-time Preparing a People podcast host, Melanie Gibb, informs Rexburg Police Department that both Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell had contacted her separately on November 26th and asked her to lie to detectives and tell them JJ was with her. Notable, this was 10 days after she spoke to uh, GPD detectives and let them know that JJ was not with her. December 6, 2019, Chandler Police Department in Arizona served a search warrant for all JJ's records at Life Academy, where he attended school before Lori Vallow moved him to Rexburg, Idaho, following JJ's father's death. December 9, 2019, Lori Vallow accesses JJ Vallow's app from his old school. Now, three months after he was withdrew, she's still accessing his school records. What the hell? They're not going to change, right? I don't understand. <laughs> December 10th, 2019, approximate date, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell move into a condo on the at the Villas on the Prince community in Princeville, Hawaii. Oh, my God. My mom was there. Like, that's where my mom went to Hawaii during all of this shit. Like, they probably saw him? them. No, they didn't see him. But they were there during all of that. Notable, the, co the complex was right across the street from the townhouse complex Charles and Lori used to live in. December 11th, 2019, Tammy Daybell's remains are exhumed by the Fremont County Sheriff's Office with the assistance of the Utah Office of the Medical Examiner and an autopsy is conducted. The warrant states there is probable cause to believe that the here and after described property or persons presently located within the here and after described location is connected with the commission of public offenses to wit conspiracy to commit homicide first degree, which occurred on or about July of 2019. 
December 12, 2019, Alex Cox dies of suspicious causes in Gilbert, Arizona. Zalima Pastine's 25-year-old son, Joseph Lopez, found him unresponsive in the bathroom and reports being unable to turn him over to administer CPR because he had lost control of his bowels. He refers to Cox as his mom's boyfriend, revealing he seemed to be unaware she had married Cox 12 days prior. He also didn't know Cox's last name when the operator asks. As part of the autopsy, investigators request an expanded toxicology panel from the medical examiner's office. It was natural. It was the, it was the natural it was causes. Natural causes. Shit spread. <laughs> yeah, it was contagious. It was contagious. He hung out with Tammy. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he contagioned the natural causes. Keith Morrison said detectives wanted to question Cox about the shooting of Charles Vallow, 7-11-19, as well as the mysterious shooting attempts on at Brandon Boudreaux, 10-2-2019, and Tammy Daybell, 10-9-2019. But before they could question him, he too died. But more than two months passed. If, if he wasn't questioned during the two months, why? 12-18-2019, Chad Daybell's parents, Jack and Sheila Daybell, are interviewed by Rexburg Police Department. 12-20-2019, Rexburg Police Department announced investigation into the disappearance of Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow, as well as their partnership with the FBI in the investigation into the disappearance. Lori Vallow, oh, 12-20 also, Lori Vallow accesses J.J. Vallow's app from his old school. <laughs> Again. Why? I don't fucking understand her <laughs> obsession with this shit. Like, is she doing it to... Is she seeing if he jumped out of the freaking geyser and went to school? <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm curious as, like, if she's doing it, like, hey, I was checking on him. He was supposed to be going to school. Was that part of her supposed alibi? I don't think like, so I don't because there's no get it. like she admitted to moving moving him, withdrawing him from the school interview. I don't, so I don't, I don't. Notable: the announcement of the investigation may have been the trigger for this login, but why? So no, nobody knows why. There aren't, there's not very many speculations on what was going through her head. 12-21-2019, Rexburg Police Department calls Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell persons of interest in the disappearance of Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow. 12-23-2019, Sean Bartholick of Rigby, Andrus and Rigby, issues statement on behalf of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell. So this is where she lawyers up. 12-27-2019, a friend of Lori Vallow who spoke under the condition of anonymity, said Vallow would say, it's going to be the end of the world and we we should all just drive off a cliff and kill us and our kids and die all at the same time. 12-27-2019, Chad Daybell's friend, Julie Rowe, claims both she and Chad had a vision where angels told them Daybell's wife, Tammy, would die. Rowe also claims she knows the kids are safe from her visions. I do know the kids are safe. I can see them. I can see their energy and that they're bright they're in a bright house. I can see they're in the living room where they are. I can see they're comfortable in their bed at night. I don't like it. Is their bed at the bottom of a geyser? Twelve thirty. Yeah, this fuck? fucking this is some shit. So Julie, Julie Rowe, you'll you'll see is just a, as big a nutbag as Chad. 12-30-2019, Rexburg Police Department issued press release stating that they know the children are not with Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell and that they have information indicating that Lori knows either the location of the children or what has happened to them. January 3rd, 2020, Rexburg Police Department and the FBI 
search Chad and Tammy Daybell's former home in Salem, Idaho. Law enforcement collects 43 items. January 3rd, 2020. In an act of defiance, Chad Bell, Daybell's adult daughter, Emma Daybell. So, little insert here. There's a Facebook page called Release Lori Vallow. And it's I saw that. Fucking nutbag. And I believe that it's Emma running that page. No shit. Emma's, Emma's Chad's daughter and she fully supports her dad, says that he's innocent. Uh, it, it's nuts. If you if you want good comedy, go go to that page for a minute. So, in an act of defiance, Chad Daybell's daughter, adult daughter, Emma Daybell Murray, makes faces at reporters, which was captured by Kid K3 reporter. January 4, 2020, Kay Woodcock reveals in an interview with Fox 13 that Charles Vallow made recordings of Lori. Charles told me he had recordings of her, Woodcock said. He said, nobody will believe me, and he recorded her one night. Even though it's deleted, nothing's ever deleted electronically or, or whatever. Note, from the context, it sounds like he may have made recordings of her bizarre statements and or threats. January 6, 2020, Kay and Larry Woodcock are interviewed by Rexburg Police Department. January 7, 2020, Melanie Boudreaux's court date for for the trespassing charge. January 7, 2020, Larry and Kay Woodcock, J.J. Vallow's grandparents, announced $20,000 reward for information leading to the recovery of him and Tylee Ryan. January 8th, Lori Vallow accesses J.J. Vallow's app from his school. God damn it. Again. She's (laughs) lost her fucking mind. She was in Hawaii then because that's the time that my mom was in Hawaii with with her. Like literally in Prince, Princeville. Is that what it is? Prince? Yeah. Yeah. That's where their condo is. And Princeville's not very fucking big. (laughs) January 10th, 2020, Chad Daybell's younger brother, Matt Daybell, releases a statement expressing dismay at Chad's sudden marriage to Lori Vallow and urging him to cooperate with authorities regarding Tyler Ryan and J.J. Vallow's disappearance. Notable, Matt adds that his statement represents the views of him, his wife, and children, not his extended family or parents. 1. January 13, 2020. Body cam footage, 911 call, and police report from the day Charles Vallow was shot is obtained by Fox 10. January 14, 2020, Melanie Boudreaux is interviewed by Rexburg Police Department. <clears throat> January 14, 2020, surveillance video from Yellowstone National Park is received by Rexburg Police Department. January 25, 2020, law enforcement in Kauai, Hawaii, serves Lori Vallow with a child protection order from Madison County's Prosecuting Office in Rexburg, Idaho, requiring her to produce Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow to Idaho Department of Health and welfare or Rexburg Police Department in Rexburg by January 30th. January 26th, law enforcement in Kauai, Hawaii, serve search warrant in the persons of Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow on a black Ford Explorer they had rented in the parking lot of Kauai Beach Resort. Law enforcement found the following items, items in their possession. Birth certificates for both JJ <gasps> and Lor- Tylee Ryan. Tylee Ryan. you take those to Hawaii with you? Tylee Ryan's financial transaction card, JJ's iPad, another iPad logged into JJ's Apple account, JJ's school registration receipts from Kennedy Elementary in Rexburg, Idaho. Tylee's card was still active at that time and had had been used since she was last seen. It would be very difficult to prove plausible deniability, RE, 
the theory that Chad didn't know Lori had minor children when she had their birth certificates and an iPad with JJ's name on it in their possession. Between have, having JJ's iPad she had in the car, another iPad that was still logged into JJ's app account, app account and her login activity with JJ's previous school app. They're, actually, it's not on here, but they also had Tylee Ryan's cell phone. Uh-uh. Yeah. That's where I was wondering about the text messages because the mom is always hacking into shit. So, in the meantime, because you now have a good two and a half, three hours of earworm. And if you're a Patreon, you're going to have even more. <laughs> yes, you are. If you guys want to find us on social media, you can find us Instagram at Color Me Dead Podcast. Gory underscore Nikki or Color Me Dead Angel. If you'd like to find us on Twitter and be ignored, it's Color Me Dead Pod and Color Me Dead Podcast on Facebook with the Color Me Dead Podcast group. Feel free to join. We are not responsible for what gets posted. Nope. Go to ageofradio.org to check us out and check out our other shows on our network. You can also donate to our Patreon from there or go to patreon.com slash color me dead. Um, also... If you're not interested in, uh, you know, donating to the Patreon, but you'd like to get some perks, go get yourself some merch, and you can do that at colormedeadpod.threadless.com. And you can have all of your merchandise needs. All of them. If you want to send us something through the mail that doesn't have COVID on it, <laughs> you can send it to P.O. Box 1610, Vernal, Utah, 84078. Um, but in the, You're welcome. In the meantime, don't uh, don't put all your kids' shit in storage, and uh, stay, stay out, out of chalk lines. lines. Goodbye. Goodbye.